We are live on Life in Space, the YouTube channel, and today we have a special guest with us, Studio Stargazer. Uh, he's got some really cool stuff that you guys got to check out. Seriously, it's super awesome. He does podcasts, music. In fact, I'm going to play some music in the background right here. This is this is actually his work here, and I'm actually really blown away with the orchestration that he has on this um, this uh, I think it's Eye of Odin, which is a uh, a new thing that he put together. And um, I'm just really digging your music, man. It's so cool. Uh, the creativity and the ideas, the orchestration, and just the melodies that you have are super unique. And I think it's a great time to be creative. I think it's a great time to talk about creativity and just get people excited for it because uh, there's going to be a lot of cool things happening in the future of music. And I think it's going to start here right now on, uh, let's say, this whole ecosystem of uh things that we have going on which is uh podcasting music all together coming into one universe and that's what studio stargazer is doing so just want to say thanks for showing up today uh we really really appreciate you showing up here uh and uh yeah we're just gonna hang out and have fun just talk about stuff creativity and just uh maybe have some cool ideas maybe we can come up with some cool stuff and just you know make something new so we're making new uh friendships and things like that all across the place and just having fun so uh so can everybody hear the music is it is it little uh is it loud enough or too loud or i'm just want to make sure it's perfect in the right area so that way it's not too much of one thing or the other so is everybody everybody can hear yep all right so basically yep. i just uh want to say that um this guy right here does some really interesting stuff. Uh, the podcast you do, the quality of it, I am just really blown away. Uh, the characters you have, the the music, uh, everything that's put together, uh, it is just honestly, it's super professional. Um, you, I think, should be in the movie industry, to be honest with you. Uh, how do you come up with these ideas? It's just super cool. Oh, I think I'm getting um, an audio problem. You're Hold muted. On one sec. It's okay. muted? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you. Yeah, Studio Stargazer muted. Oh, it's muted. I think. How... Let or me see it here. Could be that you're muting him. Is it good? We lost his audio. How did that happen? Oh my goodness. Already troubleshooting things. Okay, let's see here. Let's let's take the music down just a little bit and then we can try to troubleshoot what's happening. <laughs> For some reason the audio is not coming through. We might have to re-add you. Can we can, let, let me see if I can add you or if I can reset it somehow. Can you hear us? Huh. Oh no. Boy, okay, we're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me send you the link again and see if that'll fix a problem. I don't know. The video's working. Yeah, his video's working. Let Can you hear me now? Oh yes, we okay. have audio. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Uh, My bad. Hey, <laughs> it's always got to be something every stream. Yeah, exactly. At least one. Oh, where, where were we? Oh, uh, um, yeah. so 
yeah, I wanted to talk about Eye of Odin for a, a brief moment, especially <laughs> you play in it, uh, which yeah. is uh, very flattering. It's probably the most unique project that I've put together because I made it specifically for uh, a theater piece. Because um, as I said, I do, do I do podcasts and things, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to kind of redefine how people think about what a podcast is. We have the tools um, and music and sound design and things to to bring new levels of dimension, especially when it comes to storytelling. So, so this whole album uh, is for the uh, theater piece, A Bigger Table, that we did. First version of it was 2020, and this was when people really weren't able to get together with their families, a lot of them, because of the mm-hmm. pandemic situation. So... Celebrating virtual Thanksgiving, um, and the story takes place in like the 1600s. So I knew it needed a really unique sound to it that felt old but still kind of modern. So I actually composed this album as if it were an electronica album. I just used you know flutes and lutes and piccolos and shit <laughs> to yeah. kind of. Uh-huh. Uh, b- bring bring it to life that way, but it's one of my favorite albums um, that I've done. I suppose it's the last one, the most recent, um, which is actually kind of sad because that was yeah two years ago. Oh, so was I, haven't, it? I I haven't made anything new uh, in that long, which is why I'm very excited to get the creativity ball rolling with other, particularly other producers, other sound guys. I'm like, yes, get some collaborative <laughs> stuff going. I find nice. flutes especially difficult to find or to get or to or to do mm, <laughs> or to play I, yeah i can't play actual woodwinds <laughs> for crap i i'm pretty decent on the uh, not the ocarina the um recorder ocarinas are really hard to play yeah but like actual flutes and stuff no this is all but, almost all software instruments yeah and, and well that's what I'm, that's what i'm talking about i find it hard to find good um you know samples or software instruments you know and on the one on my the mc 101 it's i finally found a a pretty decent pan flute which is i've just been in search of for years and stuff mm. like that you know it's it's hard but yeah playing them on the keyboard is even harder mm, yeah <laughs> it's amazing sounding i mean honestly i would have thought you were playing a flute because it just the quality of it is amazing too and the clarity and just the whole overall feeling of just like you said it's modern but it, it makes you feel like you're still kind of like you're like you're watching a lord of the rings film or something mm-hmm. and um yeah i don't know it, this should be in a film this should be in like a full feature like triple a hollywood film i mean i can see it that way it just it sounds so nice and it just gives you a awesome feeling so I got to give it to you that this is honestly something I've been really trying to figure out how to do some orchestration like this myself. I've been kind of getting in that area where I'm looking into string instruments and maybe like, you know, some woodwind instruments as well. I just can't figure out how to work them together and make something sound good. I'm really good kind of like figuring out maybe like a solo part just with one instrument but this is like the best of everything so um and you did this two years ago you said yeah uh with i wrote this whole album i think within the span of a week or something because we were in in the middle of the production Uh, and it's actually just the whole album is actually just one logic pro project 
that I made all these different alternatives for. So all the instruments, there's a lot of crossover um, so that they sound the same. It sounds like the same tavern band, you know, this weird little Renaissance fair <laughs> invented. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did you have to like time them to, to their to their dance or to their scene or something like that? Or A little bit. Uh, yeah, the first, the, the books uh, track, the one that you opened up with is, is the first time people hear Eye of Odin in that piece. And I added um, some, you know, tables and chairs moving out of the way. And then the stomping on the floor, you can actually hear um, simulated dancing. Because you can't see anything. It's all audio. So we really rely on the imagination to to pick up those audio cues. Um, So when I'm designing a scene, like the tavern sounds a very specific way compared to like the home or, or the, you know, the trail going up into the woods or whatever. These are all each scene has its own unique feel to it. So the tavern, you're hearing bars, uh, uh, glasses clanking and people kind of mumbling, muttering in the corner and things. And that's one of my favorite things to do is, is to try and paint the scenes just with audio only. But yeah, I think that's really the, the only track where, where I went out of my way to synchronize, you know, to make it sound like they were dancing. Um, that's cool. In that, in that scene. Um, yeah, and it's a I little think... off. It's a little off, but it's gets it close enough. Feels it feels organic. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, to be honest with you, like, it kind of reminds me of like being in like a video game in a sense. Mm. Like, if you kind of picture like being in like a bar, like you're talking about, like in a tavern, and like, and, like I can see like a, a video game kind of happening there too. And the idea that you're creating theater with audio is also really, it's profound because I never looked at it that way. I've always thought of podcasting as like, you know, I'll just have my opinion and I'll just talk and I'll just go on for as long as I possibly can. But thinking about something more in depth and creating an environment and then using all these sounds to paint a picture is just something that I wish I could get to that level. (laughs) I never quite got there, but it's something that I strive to do because I find myself wanting to tell more of a story rather than just having like facts or something that I think about this is more of like story based and that's what's Mm -hmm. that's what's unique about it so I find it very unique and I find it very fascinating what you've done here and this is actually just uh, one of the ideas you've had you've actually done several of these before Uh, you've done some um, like podcasting of like different stories I've heard one uh, it was like these little, I think they're like mice or something. They were oh. talking about. What, what was that one? I forget. The uh, holiday mouse. Yeah, that, that's the, the, the Christmas trip on acid. Christmas. Uh, yeah, well, it's <laughs> it, it. The piece comes from uh, one of our our former writers um, was an and an, wait and see, an elementary school teacher for a long time, and this was back in the days where they weren't allowed to call it Christmas. So he wrote this play for middle schoolers. Um, back in the day and and used to do it on stage and then we adapted that into audio and and moused the voices and mm-hmm. i i just added all kinds of silly crap in there i i added uh some like rap battle type stuff which was like felt super out of place but somehow really worked <laughs> yeah uh made it a little bit more of a musical that was fun um a bigger table is probably the most comprehensive single piece which is actually a prequel, um, spoiler alert, to Only Through Fire. And Only Through Fire is the same village a couple years later, 
when kind of everything hits the fan. Spoiler alert, everybody dies uh, in this village. <laughs> There's a reason we've never heard of the village, and it's because it's one of those that was lost to history. So that one is incredibly dark. Um, bigger table, we wanted to make, you know, kind of sweet and like feeling like coming home back to the family and everything's nice. And there are a few moments of darkness in there, but they're... You know, it's all through the eyes of a child also, which is kind of helpful to understand. We experience that story through the eyes of a five-year-old um, who's just mm -hmm. exploring and running around collecting pretties is the name of this one. Um, and my favorite scene, I think, in that is when she's going through the forest, she's she's uh, collecting butterfly wings. She's ripping off um, butterfly wings because she, she thinks they're pretty and she wants to hang them on her wall. And the, the village undertaker discovers that she's doing this and, and sits her down and goes, well, honey, he needs those wings. Um, uh, don't do that, you know, and the kind of funeral for a butterfly in that scene. It's, you know, just I don't I don't know. It's a very. It's sweet. I, I try not I, because I do get really emotionally invested in the stories as well. So um you know, I was I just bawling. I think most most of the time, the whole time I was in production on a bigger table, I was just crying my eyes off. <laughs> and uh, you know, th this is a whiskey fueled album for sure. I think I killed like two bottles of whiskey just <laughs> making this damn thing because you know it was painful. But yeah. we are planning on going some very exciting new directions uh, outside of the magical tavern kingdom. But uh, good ear on the video game thing because it it is definitely video game inspired um the whole thing you can actually hear some stuff where you're like wait is that ocarina because like <laughs> of time you know there's a there's a few scenes where i i got a little close on the melody on purpose to be like to uh, remind people of that kind of nostalgic nostalgic vibe that's so cool so a lot of this is story based and oh. so when you when you start your uh your technique, the things that you do with your music, do you do you go off of the like the idea that you have a story in mind when you're making a song, or is that something that comes in the process? It's a little bit of both. I'll usually have a pretty good idea of where I want to go, um, but it always it always changes, you know, in the moment. Too um, with I of Odin, I think I only actually used five or six of, of the songs from the album on in the piece. The rest of it was just kind of made around it to help create, uh, you know, the vibe and the whole, you know, comprehensive vision of what, what I of Odin would actually be. I didn't just want to make, you know, two or three songs uh, for this band. Because there's tons of other music in the show, but it, it comes from elsewhere. In the first version, it's all my other music too, my other uh, winter albums. And then, uh, I did the reboot this past year um, using Epidemic Artists, which provides a very different kind of more cinematic, more Hollywood style uh, vibe to it. But yeah, I just yeah. I just go where, I, I just go where the flow takes me. Yeah, yeah, same here. Like I don't, I never ever had a process where I was actually thinking of a story when I was making a song. I never got that deep. I always kind of just roll with it. I put something into my playlist. I maybe make a melody or something like that, and then I'll see where it goes. 
but your electronic music is really cool too. This is your stuff here, right here, right mm-hmm. here, right? correct? Yes, thank you. It's yes. amazing. That's cool. This is out there. This is an out old there. one, I think. Yeah. Um, this may have been from the original version of it, anyway. I think it's like from 2012, 2014, maybe. And then I rebooted it. You know, every every couple of years, went back and did a new version, cleaned it up a little bit. Uh, nice, nice. But yeah, this is actually one of the ones that's uh, will probably go up here in the sci-fi piece somewhere because right now the the current theater project that's on the table is uh, well, in production currently is um, UI eighty six, which is my original sci-fi story, which I will try not to spoil too much. But it's all all of the best things about you know my favorite my favorite sci-fi franchises. Um. And just taking away, you know, the kind of goofy aliens and the laser guns and all of that and taking it really down to things like consciousness. Um, it's it's centered around AI and how AI becomes conscious and what, what are the kinds of things that it learns from human minds uh, to reach that point, that singularity of that. Um, so that's got some super rad vibes in it, too. Um, cool. almost, almost done and you're gonna be in it yeah. sir yeah I'd like to try I, I, I like to try out and uh, do some voices for it I know you're looking for people uh, to do voices so mm-hmm. there if anybody wants to do any voices for these uh, for these shows uh, you're more than welcome to check it out at uh, studiostargazer.org he's got a website there and uh, you can email him or ask him if you need some help on there and I'm sure you're looking for some people could do, who could do some cool voices I know Mr. Basic was doing some cool voices back there with that robot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the synth voice. Synth voice. That's too cool. <laughs> I dig it. See, we're like into the analog stuff. Mister uh, mm. Basic's got some really cool analog gear behind him, and uh, that's that's kind of mostly what we're into. Is we're doing a lot of the stuff with like the physical units, like the actual synthesizers. Uh, I dabble with some digital stuff. You know, more recently, I've been doing more digital stuff on my. Um, uh, in my DAW and uh, doing things with an FL Studios and whatnot. But uh, have you ever used like analog gear? Have you ever used any kind of equipment? Or is it all 100% digital? No, it's pretty much all digital. Um, I do include some some like live captures sometimes. I have Odin has a lot of like didgeridoo and Viking horn and other, you know, I use like glass bottles and stuff. But no, in terms of gear, I've never. Uh, sphere and so I'm a little envious of that part of the domain the the actual analog gear domain because I, I've never uh, dipped your toes in that but it's something that I I really uh, admire I would be the word <laughs> there's a well, lot of cool stuff my old PCs had a hard time with the Arturia V collection and all that stuff even and Arturia um, sounds which were just amazing epic um, take up all your resources of your computer sa- sounds that that it just couldn't handle, and so I, I kind of ended up going this direction uh, because of that, despite what I was trying to do in the first place. But um, but I've gone back and forth and back and forth enough to now I'm just kind of like, I I I like both, even though now I just had another PC quit on me, so I'm like. Ah. All right, I'm back to hardware again. <laughs> sure. And that's that's one nice thing about hardware is that if you are like, you know, um, 
limited on computer abilities and whatnot. You can actually do a majority of this stuff uh, within just like on this synthesizer. And then when you're recording onto like, let's say something like, uh, you know, some, some uh, mixers have like built in like SD cards you can record on and then you can just import those back into your computer. Uh, or like an audio interface or whatnot, but yeah, it kind of takes a lot of the edge off. I know that my computer, it, I, I have a halfway decent computer, but it still has issues with like running everything I do all at once. Like yesterday, I it was such a nightmare. My computer like crashed on me like five or six times. Um, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't like FL Studios anymore. I don't know what's going on with it, but it has an issue where every time I try to load it, I get a blue screen of death. And it's oh, got to no. be like a hard, like a hard drive thing. I'm thinking, right? But everything boots back up, and it's fine. And then it's just like maybe it's too much. And so, the stuff that they're doing now with digital, it's so, uh, it, it's much more constraining now on these computers. It's it's a lot more detailed. It's a lot more uh, just a lot of different things that you can add to like your whole soundtrack and everything. So uh, just the ability for it to handle those things. Sometimes it doesn't have that sound processing ability, I guess. But well, uh, games and VRs it, it need, oh, needs yeah. all that too. So you need a good PC no matter what. Anyway, <laughs> I know it's funny. I have a laptop now. It's got RTX on it, and it's better than my own computer. But see, that thing for some reason also has an issue with even like just FL Studios too. It doesn't play things as smoothly, but. I do have a sound card in this computer and that kind of takes care of some of the issues, but it's just like always trying to figure out what's going to work. It's always like, it's kind of the fun thing about it too, is figuring out what's going to work uh, equipment wise, you know, and hooking all these things up and getting more elaborate and getting more detailed when it comes to adding things. Uh, that's also kind of the fun part of it, I think, but it just kind of boggles the mind sometimes when you have a system that's just so enormous whether it's computers and hardware mixed together it just it kind of gets you know it's insane at some point i like that but, panning there yeah this is really cool man i'm listening to this song here it's really <sighs> nice. yeah i do i do i do a lot with the uh with just breath noises and stuff too really that's cool um, yeah yes. all that <laughs> crap um <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're talking about the computers because there's no way that i could do what i do on a pc uh, there's just no way. So I, I've been pure Mac across the board for uh, like a decade. Uh, so this is oh, okay. all Logic Pro. Um, oh, that's right, Logic. Yeah, it's most. Mm. It's a it's a Mac app, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Top shelf, it is premium. It's uh, you know the the rope the big sexy robust version of GarageBand <laughs> that does all of this uh, crazy stuff. But it it has a brilliantly simple user interface. Uh, super intuitive and I can create project files that are um, I hit my first one that was like a hundred individual layers Whoa. of sa sound and music um, okay. in a really short sequence I think that was uh, the bar stool that was around uh, Thanksgiving this last year I did a sound design sequence of you know the gunslinger going into the saloon and ordering a whiskey and it's only like a five minute piece but it is a hundred layers deep uh, in Dang. sound, and there's no way. I mean, I, I need like a twenty-five thousand dollar PC just to be able to render that in real time. <laughs> so a Apple does a fantastic job of packing uh, that power into just. I, I just use a little MacBook Pro. And is that 
is that the same as Avid, Avid tools or? I know there's mm -hmm. a Pro Tools no, that's or an Pro Avid. Tools. Pro Tools and, and Logic Pro are different. Oh, There's they different. are, okay. Yeah, because I've seen some stuff in like these magazines where they have these soundboards and they're designed for Mac and, and I don't know if they do PC or not, but uh, they have these really expensive pieces you can add into the, into the computer and this will like free up like all these extra like you know like layers or tracks you can add to each individual project and they have like sophisticated sound processing and i think avid makes that for the for the mac i believe but they are really expensive like like what you're talking about like 25 grand just for like this card that goes in your computer and it expands you to like thousands of tracks per like every individual audio file that you're trying to you know process or whatever uh, which is quite amazing, but you can do all this uh, in Logic. That's cool. I know mm. that uh, there's one guy, uh, Cuckoo, I think his name. Um, he's on YouTube, and he does a lot of like uh, stuff with digital and anal analog stuff. And he uses, um, I believe, he uses Logic all the time. He uses Logic for his main DAW. He always does these streams where he's using that. And so I've I've always wanted to try it. I I do have a Mac, but it's not my it's not my studio uh, computer. But there is mm. some cool stuff I'd like to mess around with. But is there a yearly membership for that? Uh, no. For mm -mm. no. It's Logic Pro is lifetime. So I think it costs oh, okay. like two, the the program itself through the App Store. I think it's like two hundred bucks, two hundred and fifty bucks, and then that's lifetime. Oh, um, that's cool. Okay. And then there are a couple jam packs. Add, added things, little add-ons that you can get for it, like world voices and, and different uh, other software instruments and things. But just the basic off-the-shelf version of uh, Logic Pro is enormous. I mean, I still have not even sampled all of the instruments and, and user presets and filters and, and things in there. And I've been working in it for like a, a decade. So Logic Pro by itself is enormous. Yeah, um, nice. in terms of what you can actually do. But uh, yeah. Glory to Glory says flutes are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that was really cool. I like that Eye of, uh, of Odin. Those flutes are amazing. Mm. And I think that uh, just the stuff that you can do when it comes to um, just these sample based in instruments is just quite amazing. So, and Logic is really interesting too i've always wanted to check it out so one of these days we'll see <laughs> mm. but yeah, uh, the, the quality of the instruments just in the past you know mm -hmm. few years has gone through the, they sound real now oh, yeah. uh, you, you'll hear some strings in this piece and they're like articulated they, i remember what midi instruments used to sound like in oh like yeah, yeah junior high it, it's it's very cute and nostalgic now but no, the instruments sound real now, and you can articulate yeah. them and change. And yeah, it's my whole jam. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, I loved and... all the just all this all the sampler options in um, what it was at Presonus Studio One. I was using the sounds are just out of this world amazing. You couldn't ask for more. And then you know the the functions you could do with just with the sampler. Or those sounds was just was just like it it was almost like you could you know working with a synth you could do whatever to it uh, and process it any way you want and play it <laughs> that way and it's just oh great <laughs> good stuff uh, so, and not yeah. to mention um, like all the cool effects you can add too right 
<laughs> and like, you know, polyphonic Moogs, how do you, yeah. you know, how can you beat that? Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> do you it's... ever, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I was just going to ask if you, uh, if you ever have um, used any software modular or have like tried to learn synthesis in software or anything like that before. Not really. Um, Logic Pro has a bunch of stuff kind of built in. Like there's some uh, there's something happening in this one. I forget what what's happening with that snare, but it's actually bouncing and moving around, and and that's uh, automated. It's it's like an AI thing. Uh, and then obviously the arpeggiators. The arpeggiators in Logic Pro are fucking nuts. Uh -huh. um, uh, but no, in terms <laughs> of actually like manually uh, doing it. No, all that yeah. stuff is under the hood. Uh, well, like adding LFOs and, and stuff like that, you know, it's probably, you know, you could do that, you know, it might have like those plugins where it's just like a, you can modulate something like a side chain, for instance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's pretty much like what you do in modular already. Just stacking uh, different, different plugins. Because, um, yeah, they're all, they're all right there. And it's like one click to add yeah, there's yeah. like a bunch of different uh kinds of reverb i like the chroma uh verb personally as as a little tiddly bit um <laughs> what kind I'm, is I'm, what kind is that chroma verb is i'm not quite sure how to describe it because you know older reverbs they have that kind of not tinny but there's god i'm trying to think of a way to describe chroma verb in the way that it's different it kind of sounds like a cosmic cave Ooh. it's like super full bodied and when it when it renders on the screen when you're looking at it the waveform comes up in like these waves of color and you you move and shape the curves to create the environment that you want as opposed to just using sliders and things you're you're literally working with this color curve and you can see all these uh things bouncing everywhere all particle effects so it's a beautiful reverb just to look at yeah. but it's also cool. a really deep full-bodied um but still punchy you know because it's either one or the other you get this real tinny front and center thing or you get that kind of drowned out large larger space and Chroma verb allows you to combine, you know, like build one one space in your mind. So I have one that, you know, I I literally call it the cosmic cave is my my user preset uh, for that one because that's how yeah. it, that's how it feels. That sounds great. How you could shape it, you know, yeah. even visually no, like that. Yeah, it's super intuitive. It's it's like a you know a five year old could figure it out, cool. um, and that's talking about the types of creativity and stuff with programs like you know you got reason you got i don't even know all the names of the other ones but you need a freaking spaceship manual to operate those things <laughs> yeah. um they make it really really difficult and the music mm. industry has been making it really difficult like that on purpose because they don't want just anybody to be able to produce music um, <laughs> and apple has taken the opposite uh, attack. They're like, no, we want to make it as easy as possible for anybody and their dog to make music. Speaking of uh, dogs, I don't know if you can hear <laughs> That was a good timing <laughs> there. He's, he's tripping. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good way to say it. I mean, honestly, like, 
that's one thing that I do find is when you're digging deep into these digital workstations is that there's some that are just super like you have to go to school to learn it. You know, you have to like dig so deep into it and learn every little individual thing or you have to go and search on YouTube on how to do mm -hmm. one particular thing or like, how do I get this effect? How do I get that effect? Or how do I, you know, change this? I want to do this, but it's not letting me do this. I want to do that. And so there's just so much back and forth. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of digging through things. And that's why I think a lot of people were, I, I think in the past few years, were just kind of like, hey, uh, I'm fed up with this. I just want to go with something like a, some sort of like a, analog hardware particular piece and just figure that out and that can also be kind of a thing too if you don't know how to do that i mean there's it kind of goes both ways uh but logic it sounds to me like they've actually kind of done some really interesting research and they've done some stuff that like you said just works and so mm. that's that's uh that's fascinating i'm Never really dug into it, so this is something that I might check out once I get an opportunity uh, and see exactly what that has to offer because I'm always interested in seeing what each individual particular software does and what what functions they have, if they're better than what I'm using and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I've always been uh, really big in FL Studios. I don't know if you've ever played around mm -hmm. with that one very much. Oh, not since it was Fruity Loops. <laughs> so from like our original, original Fruity Loops, Once Upon a Time. I learned yeah. how to sequence in Cakewalk. <laughs> if that, if I'm dating myself there, I remember that one um, too. Yeah, but but yeah, Logic Pro is ridiculously intuitive. Um, billion times easier on purpose, um, which is why it's it's been my go-to. Uh, sure, can, can I get some other really unique sounds out of some of these other uh, uh, DAWs? Yeah, probably. Um, I can usually recognize, I can hear FL Studio has a, a, a quality to it that I can recognize. And I can also pick out if somebody's producing a Logic Pro because I'm like, oh, I have that instrument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm a Logic boy till I die for sure. That's awesome. It's like, nice. It's like an extension of the mind. It's, it's cool to see other people's uh, viewpoints and like what exactly they're up, you know, what they're using or what they're up to because everybody is totally different like i hear people that are like oh i swear ableton is the best you know or mm -hmm. or like you got to get uh into steinberg's what is it cubase that's the one right there i know there's some really great composers out there that just use cubase that's all they use and i think hans zimmer is one of them he's just he's a cubase guy he just uses that and it's amazing what you can do i mean where the imagination goes i guess mm -hmm. it really depends on how you, you approach your music, you know, exactly what are you going to do with it? What is your thoughts? You know, where's your mind going to lead you to and what melody you're thinking of at the time? Yeah. I can never get the melody in my head down, though. I mean, that's one thing that I never really got down to learning was actually how to play music. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know that I've talked to many people that have said, you know, they say the same thing. They've actually never really picked up an instrument and learned how to play it necessarily, but they like to dig around with like, you know, playlists and piano rolls and like making sequences in like, uh, like on a, um, something like a machine or what's that one you have, Mr. Mr. Basic. It's a, um, uh, what's the one you can make little jams with? Uh, the, 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 which one? The, uh, it's like have? a little, uh, little, it looks like a machine, but it's smaller. And you can type in your sequences in it, and you can make different sounds and whatnot. It's got like a boy. What's the name of the it? Circuit? 
circuit. That that's what it is. Yeah, and so yeah, that's been my main main sequencer for for all these years, just because it's the one that entices me to to go to it and mess around. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes that's As just where I that that that's pretty much where I where I end up at. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to my music is that I just kind of like mess around with things like that and then I try to see if I can make something out of it and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but that's kind of my level uh but for you I asked you one time that you said you weren't classically trained or anything like that you just mm. kind of learn how to do this I am probably like if if uh like an actual piano person saw me playing they'd be like no you're holding your hands all wrong that's not how you do that no i'm completely self-taught i've never taken music theory or any of that i know which notes sound good together uh you know just figure it out does it sound yeah this one sound oh this one sounds good with that one so building up a handful of chord sets that i can just you know jam around in and then usually like i'm i'm a really simple player so I I can use the whole keyboard, but usually if I'm like, I will transpose stuff all the time because I'm like I know that chord progression. I I can't play that in like the D sharp or what. I don't even know the name. Minor, for example. So we'll just take it all take it down, uh, transpose it into the key that I know I can play in that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just all by feel. I go entirely by feel. So dots, dots and on the page stuff. Ugh, get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I have no I mean, idea. That's, that's cool. That's same as me. Uh, yep. Yeah. You know, do you ever, you ever feel like the the fact that you can just sound things out all the time as a, is it like a, has been a crutch to your getting things done or being creative? Mm. Just because it's, I don't know. Because you have you because you know you have. I don't. I wouldn't say it say talent maybe, but you have this. You have enough of a you have an ear that you can mm. you can pick things up and perceive music in such a way that you can always just go all right there not there oh, oh there we go and there we mm. go and you know do you, do you ever feel like it gets in the way of your you know progressing more that you, know, you ever feel like you could learn more <laughs> not really and I, I get this question a lot like imagine what you could do you know if you actually learned uh music theory and if you actually learned um notation and stuff and i always come back to losing something about like there, there's a my way that i do stuff sorry my dog is very much distracting me i'm gonna have to shut him up in a minute <laughs> but if if for example if i were to learn uh as it is taught then I feel I've always felt like I would be losing something about myself as an artist. That, exactly. that, so uh, I don't mm, No, That's that's always been my answer because I'm like, well, then I'm not uh, a self-taught musician anymore. Then I'm then I'm, you know, yeah, just kind of like everybody else. I, I think this might be a little weird or deeper esoteric or whatever. I feel like the dots and the lines on the page are really there as a as a teaching tool for people who don't understand music if that's that sounds arrogant as hell but uh it, it it's like no i don't i don't i don't need that i can sure would i expand my uh you know list of potential chord sets and 
all that yeah yeah i probably would but i i, I think it would be ultimately I, I would be losing something um in that process that i i really want to maintain you know this path how however long it takes wherever it goes and this is why i also don't really listen to music people think i'm crazy They're like what do you mean you don't listen to music like other artists i i have a very very short list of artists um <laughs> because i don't want to expose myself or my style and have have it mixed too much with other people's styles I, i'm kind of selfish in that like it should sound like me but i as you can tell just from the sam random samplings here uh, I sound like a lot of different things <laughs> depending on what I'm doing. So, it's yeah, that makes like, sense to influence yeah. yourself to go your own way when otherwise you've got this society that's always crushing on you. Like, okay, mm -hmm. well, this music stuff, this is a, this is a be like us. This is a have a career, and so you, this is a do it this way. When actually, music is really an expressive art, and if you if you remember that, it's an expressive art, like it's supposed to be self-expression and if you know you gotta pay attention maybe to how you influence yourself yeah mm. absolutely yeah. that was a brilliant brilliant way to put it yeah very true i noticed too like i i don't listen to as much music as i used to i listen to maybe like some composers like hans i have hans zimmer like a album that i throw on once in a while but like music in general, like the stuff I used to listen to, like I just don't really, I'm not into it like I used to. I've actually kind of lost like some of that taste for some of the stuff I used to be into. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that I start to kind of get into that mode where like, hey, you know, maybe I'll go try to jam something out or think of something. And you're kind of right. I mean, maybe it's influencing you if you're, you're listening to somebody else's stuff and then it just kind of overtakes like, maybe what you're feeling at that moment it's somebody else's you know feelings you know or something like that but it's very fascinating though uh, i really dig that you know that explanation <laughs> it's very very interesting and kind of true in a sense that i've i've felt the same way too i've kind of felt like that recently it, it, it kind of gives you a, a sort of a pressure uh, sometimes uh, for me it's like i feel this pressure of like to now i think about oh, i gotta i gotta get my chords i gotta have my baseline i gotta have my uh, you know, my lead, I gotta have my noise track do this, and I have, you know, I gotta make sure I do that, you know, and that sort of thing, and it's like, uh, I'm constantly mm -hmm. aware of, I gotta, I gotta chill, and, you know, I gotta kind of go, go, maybe go back to zero, is, think of it that way, or it's just like, go back to square one, uh, mentally, sure. as you, as you are creative that way. And maybe, maybe even the same thing with art, too, my, uh, let's see, Glory to Glory says, uh, she understands, uh, why you don't listen to music, other people's music, and she says it's the same way, same way with art. So like, if she watches too much art or she looks at something that's like too, too much of somebody else's ideas, it, it can kind of blend into your own artistic ideas and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's probably goes both ways, you know, when it comes yeah. to art and music. So, well, the, the society would like uh, you to think that there is a right way. Uh, to do art and music and i think that that is just an absolute load that art is art music is music there is no right mm -hmm. or wrong way to do it if if i mean if you're making music you're making music if you're making art you're making art so uh sorry just got a phone call there um 
and that that's where my pushback has is always come on that is that anybody telling you that there's a, a right or a correct way to do something isn't being <laughs> imaginative enough yeah i guess yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah creativity man that's one thing that i really enjoy is just being creative and coming up with new ideas and and you know uh just bringing that out to other people that can enjoy it and I'll, I'll be honest, I think that all three of us have made some really cool advancements with our music and ideas and things like that. Uh, Mr. Basic and I have been doing this show, for, I think it's been like a couple of years now, haven't we? Doing yeah, like, yeah. you know, just synth shows and Never talking to people. Uh, you've actually yeah. interviewed a few people on your yeah. uh, Modulator Bay. There was some people you, you actually talked to before. Uh, yeah. Some, some really interesting people from all over the world. And we've talked to, you know, different types of uh, artists, you know, uh, people that work with uh, digital or analog gear, uh, people that might even just play musical instruments who are good at doing those things, too. And there's just so many different outcomes, you know, everybody is totally different. And that's what's so cool about it is that you can find individualism uh, just with each individual person that has their own style or something. And I've met so many amazing people. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, seemingly by chance, but it's never by chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been in, I've been kind of inspired eavesdropping on you guys in the Discord, uh, you know, just uh, yeah, like and, and and you, and some of your your tracks too, Audio Surgeon, are just as have been great. And, oh, I can't so, wait to start yeah. playing with some of those. <laughs> I, I hope to come more prepared because it's. We're going to have some fun crossover stuff, but yeah, I'm really enjoying that as well. Yeah. So do you have, uh, you're, you said you're looking for people for these new, uh, ideas. Uh, was it you, I'm sorry, UI 86. Is that it? UI 86. Um, that one is, is now fully cast. Uh, assuming, assuming that, uh, you're going to play the character that I want you to play. (laughs) It's fully cast. There's room, uh, for background characters. Those aren't scripted. Um, that's more like here's what's happening in the scene, and here's, you know, this also gives people the freedom to just make up their own, you know, like invent a an imaginary drink to order at the space cantina type thing. Allow people that that creative play space uh, for background characters. This story has been in various stages of development for over a year. Um, this one has taken way 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 longer than um than the other ones after this uh we're going to uh dirt the wild west uh dark comedy musical which is going to be much different uh it's going to be a little raunchy it's going to be a little grown up mm-hmm. uh but also be a, you know pulling on the heartstrings a little bit sure but uh ui86 uh recording sessions have already started for that so the actual production itself i Every time I put a date on the calendar, I go, uh. <laughs> but um, it's it's looking like that that is dropping uh, this summer very shortly. Cool. And some That's very, nice. very cool artists collaborating on that one as well. So uh, do you have a do you have a script that you have written out and then uh, you just send those to your to your uh, uh, voice artists and then they just send that back to you? Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the script is complete for UI86. It goes sound, scene by scene. Um, and then, you know, sound design cues are in there in brackets. So if I, if I know, you know, this is the airlock to the dome, 
that that noise needs to be the same every time we come back. So I have the, the you know sound cues there. We're in space, so we're not working with footsteps a whole lot, um, sure. unless we're in like the gravity ring area, which uh, on the ship the whole story takes place on ship. And over half the characters are not even human actors; they're uh, text-to-speech voices. <laughs> which, <laughs> cool. I'm like, uh, casting is a lot easier. Uh, with that, just go through Apple's text-to-speech voices. So that that's probably yeah. the most unique thing about this story. Uh, that's, cool. that's cool. And then the next one you're going to do is the Wild Wild West one. And so if people wanted to get a hold of you so that way they can try out or potentially be in this, how would they do that? Uh, I mean, studiostargazer.org. Um, I am building, I am building, uh, you know, kind of my own or the discord, really the discord's better. Um, I'm trying to build my own little social network thing happening there because the studio does not have a social media presence. We don't do Facebook. We don't do Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, none of that. Um, Probably probably for the best. (laughs) Yeah. On, on purpose. So we are, we are trying to build up a place there on the site that has groups for specific stuff it has a messenger built in there is an app a mobile app that people can access you know the the forums and things from their phones um it's still a little bare bones uh, at the moment but discord is really uh probably if you want to start collaborating on um dirt <laughs> uh, that would be the place to do it and not a single word of that has been written yet it's all okay. it's all being sketched out kind of in real time uh depending on who's who's going to be in it and, and how invested they are as well yeah um, yeah how, mu- how much of a main character they want to be um giving people a lot more freedom on that but there it, there is also the the commitment part of it which is which is tricky um running the theater and getting people to try this from all over the world has has been a big learning experience because oh, yeah. not everybody has a microphone yeah. Um, not everybody even has time. People, life happens. So, um, it, it we, we've hit a couple bumps in the road on that, and then I mean, UI eighty six has been recast after recast again, and rewrites and and all of that. I'm really trying to avoid as much of that in the future. If um, if people see or really hear. Uh, what we're trying to do anybody that's jumping on on board um we really want to drive home that uh the commitment that it's like oh we'll take as long as we need but we need to make sure that you know people are going to show up yeah exactly (laughs) there's one piece and the whole thing falls apart (laughs) (laughs) exactly it can it can it can happen that way and uh but i put a link to the discord server uh the studio stargazer discord in the chat so if anybody wants to join that that's going to be there and i'm also going to put it in the description of this video as well too so that way if you guys missed this right here where i'm putting it i'll put it in the description as well too and of course your website is on there as well so if anybody's interested i think that's a fantastic place to check out to see all of your cool stuff and by the yeah. way it's really cool i don't know how I, you pull I, all of it together i don't know i really love what you're doing like it's i feel like you're 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 keeping this the spirit of the old radio shows alive which is just amazing to me i i, I never even 
had been thinking that way and it just makes me it just takes me back to some of the old vinyl records where some of those shows are still had been recorded and uh you know <laughs> same here i was feeling the same way for the future it is, it is kind of the, the um old-timey radio show uh, next evolution thereof the next evolution. And I, I i've had people go all the time you should do a visual opponent uh actually rock or something if you do that if you show them have a I think we're losing you here. Oh. I think the signal's kind of chopping up here. Is it? Is it going in and out? Okay. I'm seeing for some reason, yeah, your connection is it's kind of low. I don't know what happened there. Oh, I think you disappeared. You still hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear. Oh, yeah, we lost him. And let's see if he's back. Let's see. Oh, can okay. you can you hear me? I yeah, you better. sound really good now. You sound great. Okay. Well, it's a it's a bandwidthy thing. I'll just leave the camera off. Okay. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Yeah. So it's fascinating, dude. I mean, seriously, the, the the stuff you put together, like I was saying before, it's just you put together all this yourself. I mean, is this you're you're writing the script, you're doing the music, and then you have people help you with the with the, the voices and everything, correct? From from here forward, I am now the uh, the writer as well. We did have okay. um, uh, a writer, a lead writer, head writer on uh, the first couple theater projects, mm -hmm. um, and I really want to start uh, really kind of proving to myself that I can write a really good story because I I know a good story when I hear one, and I know the kinds of stories that I like, the kinds of themes that I like. So this is UI 86 is the first piece that's actually written entirely by me, uh, with the exception of, um, some kind of more improvised stuff, uh, from my dad. My dad is actually in the piece as the, um, basically like holographic Jesus archetype he comes to you know i go to his character for guidance and he gives me wisdom and whatever and i was like well i'm not going to script that um yeah. Yeah. just get, get give me some dad and he knocked that out of the park so <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> nice yeah dirt will be also written entirely by me but i would very much like to start doing writers rooms and then developing that scene by scene uh, and being able to pass stuff across the table, and oh, what if we did this? What if we did that? Because hmm. we have, we've never really had that. Uh, and and when when it comes to you know great stories getting put together, I always think about like you know the the writers' rooms for like how to train your dragon. I'm like, <laughs> have you have you have you ever looked into VR stuff? Because oh my me and Basic do this thing where we go into like VR chat and you can come up with some crazy stuff and you can literally be in like we you, you can create like your own room and you can draw out on the on these boards and stuff and you can like come up with ideas. How cool cool would it be if people created like a virtual like writing room for oh, making man. like skits? 
That'd be so cool. That would be amazing. And doing the storyboards and things. I yeah. I have never used VR gear. Uh, I I can't <laughs> afford any. <laughs> uh, but I would love to get into that space. I also wear glasses though, so that might be a little. Uh, yeah, tricky. I I can't wear my glasses. So so next month I'm actually investing in these eighty dollar um, prescription lenses for my VR headset. Nice. <laughs> but but yeah, actually, um, like one of the best worlds I I visited was this podcast world, and it's for podcasting, and it's for actually yeah, broadcasting cool. things in the in from there. Uh, so they, they have different have... camera angles and, and and ways to switch between and everything. Nice, like that a table so cool. with fake coffee cups that you can pick up and <laughs> pretend like you're drinking. <laughs> That's awesome. So they actually have that. That is super cool. I I even seen one where uh, this one person does a uh, a VR show, and they actually have an audience. And then there's the two people on stage, like they do like on the Tonight Show, and then everyone can hear them because they have like a virtual microphone that amplifies to everybody else. But it's it's all done in such a way where if you're not next to someone, you know, like if you're in a room or something, you can't really hear their conversation unless you walk up to them. So they have VR microphones in there too to amplify it, so the whole audience can hear what they're talking about. And the stuff they're gonna do with that, and just the creative ideas, is just like it's mind blowing what they're gonna do with it. You know, yeah, there's some aspects to it though that kind of are strange. You know, uh, like I do know that we're using the Quest, and the Quest has like capabilities through Facebook, which kind of is a it's a bummer. But uh, I think they now allow you to disconnect it somehow. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, as of the update. Uh, that happened this last week. You can you can just use an Oculus account, which is them too. So never mind. But oh okay. really? <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it's getting to the point where it's so interesting, though, that I was willing to jump into it uh, this like I think last holiday season, and then now Mr. Basics into it, and we're just like learning as much as we can right now uh, to kind of be ahead of the curve. You know, maybe there's some ideas out there we can implicate. But I'm looking make... forward to how VR is going to be in the next year and a couple of years from now, and a few mm -hmm. years, and and like three years from now, there'll be more um, more technology, more head more uh, ways for it to be accessible to people probably so uh, I'm, I'm excited for all that all that stuff yeah. but, uh, mm. and all the ways that you can make music uh, in those environments and the way that people um, play their music and do uh, you know do, play at cl play clubs and do DJ sets and play <laughs> yeah. you know it's really interesting yeah, I've I've actually got a DAW that actually works for VR, and you can uh, you can actually play these instruments in in virtual reality, and you put your hand into the synthesizer. It's actually like a it looks like a fish tank, and you put your hand inside of it, and you can move around your hands, and it just it follows your track like it tracks your hand movement, and you can play this instrument, and it's really it's out of this world, like. And one thing I'm hoping they're gonna do is that you can play with like multiple people and like literally like have a band like that. Yeah, be so cool. <laughs> you know, VR jam band, so cool. do jam yeah. sessions. Yeah. That would be uh, absolutely insane. I'm so far behind on on most technology now, and I'm also really really short on time. Unfortunately, I haven't even had the mm -hmm. time to game, and I it's, I can't remember when the last uh -huh. time I'm like I had I had you know chill time to where i could just go hang out in a game for a while but i've also never done un online gaming uh either i i went into 
Minecraft like once and I was just total noob. I'm like breaking stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, don't don't click. Uh, this this is cool, but you know, I don't really have the I don't really have the the, the equipment or or stuff for that. Like my my tower PC is pretty uh, pretty old. It can it can handle stuff up to like maybe you know five six seven years ago um mm-hmm. can't play any new games on there and then you know gaming on a mac is is pointless i'm not gonna try that <laughs> it's s- separate domains just like yeah. i wouldn't try to make music on a pc i wouldn't try to game on a mac <laughs> yeah it's, but, it's it's got the best of one thing and not the other it's always like that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah That's minecraft great. is super deep I never really knew how <laughs> deep it was until Mr. Basic showed me like all these crazy Wait. things you can do. And I was like, yeah, that's maybe. implicated in Minecraft? Like what? I didn't know they thought that deep into it. There's so many things and parameters and just things that work behind the scenes that you just don't think about. You're like, okay, I'm put a block here, put a block there. But then like time is going through like, I don't know, there's like a whole time code and like the sun's going up and down and, oh, did you know if you do this, this happens? And it's like, no, I didn't know. <laughs> hey, Hayes is here. Hey, Hayes. Hayes, what's up? Hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> he's a, he's another guy that uh, does a lot of uh, digital, like, uh, I'm not not digital, but he, he does a lot of different uh, music uh, types uh, with uh a lot of gear he's got a lot of cool stuff and he does a lot of really neat jams so if you guys want to check it out it's it's pretty cool he does some cool stuff there but yeah but that that sign right there where i of odin just came in is our one hour mark so i just want to clarify that we've been on for an hour if you guys want to continue we can uh it's up to you if you guys want to talk about some stuff we can actually maybe go into uh maybe some like just talk about random things if you want i don't know <laughs> i know that we were talking earlier we've been doing on, that <laughs> on on discord we were talking about like 90s stuff that was pretty funny like uh i know that, uh, grew- freaking pogs and stuff <laughs> pogs yeah dude i still have a bunch of those <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah i've been ja- jamming out on the on the nostalgia there is a generational thing these kids today man they'll never know our I internet know, right? used to make noise. It went. Yeah. Dial up. I know. I'm, I'm down to hang out for a bit. Uh, I am going to let my dog outside because he's uh, barking and being a little punk. So, if, and uh, I'm going to grab another monster as well. So, uh, if you give cool. me a, uh, two minutes, I'll come back. And if you yeah, guys are yeah. down to down to keep yeah. going, we'll keep going. I'm having a blast. Yeah, yeah. definitely, man. Yeah, yeah, totally down. Uh, but yeah, we're just hanging out and chilling guys. If you guys want to come join us on the live chat, uh, shoot. I mean, if you want to come talk to us too, we can add some more guests on here if you like. Uh, but yeah, we're just going to talk it up and, uh, we've been talking mostly about podcasts, music and things like that. Uh, but, uh, we're down to talk about computer game stuff, uh, any, anything really. So if you guys want to type it up or drop on by, uh, we are totally down. Uh, I'm actually using the basic version of Restream. We can actually have up to six people on here. Did you know that? That's insane. Mm. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have your EtherWave behind you. You know they just came out with a new one, right? Yeah. I. It there looks is, um, different, but it's like the old one. Yeah, they kind of redesign it, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's 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 kind of the same thing, but the thing that's nice about it, I think they added like some extra MIDI capabilities. I think this one I don't think has that. Well, it's actually, got... it, I don't know though because the EtherWave Plus has is the one with the MIDI capabilities of that of the one that you have. If you have is the it? Plus, it has the MIDI capabilities. Oh, okay. Yes. There's the EtherWave and the EtherWave Plus. Yes. So yes. and there's always been those, right? But then, um. But like I was looking at at a video or a picture, either a picture or video of the new one of the new EtherWave, and I and I could not find that it had MIDI out. Uh, although it, I think it had CV out. Yeah, yeah, it's got CV. Which this is one great. does. That's what I would use it. And then I don't know if this one actually it might. It might have a MIDI on the back. I'm not sure. But they do have that new one that came out. Yeah, and that's cool. But and I actually one. played the VR theremin in, v- oh, in VR, yeah. Yeah. and that's that? great. It's amazing. It's just like that one. It theremin. works just like it. It works. Yeah. It's- just plug in that jack on the headphone thing and put in your mixer, man. You can just yeah. – <laughs> how cool is that? Oh, my god! And it's free too, right? Yeah. You don't have to pay like $900. Yeah, because I haven't paid like for anything one. yet. <laughs> Uh, and I've just gotten things that are free and that's that's free and it's great. There's another piano thing that's supposed to map to your actual keyboard so it, you can play it and play your play your physical keyboard, but it wasn't working right for me, so it's like that. Yeah, yeah. It sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, if it's on the keyboard. I I noticed that like the one with the theremin though on the on the VR thing is just it's so it it works so well yeah. and any anything I've actually been doing with like VR it's like I'm surprised how well it actually performs. <laughs> they actually have a that doll I was talking about and they have a a theremin it's it's like a 3D version of one it doesn't look like that but you can also pull your hands both of them in different directions and create like it's like a duophonic theremin <laughs> or something like that. And uh, it's amazing what you can do with it, though, just uh, with the hand tracking and stuff. It's so Yeah, accurate. the finger tracking is a real deal for, for musicians, really. And that's the thing is in VR chat, when you have the finger tracking capabilities, which is it's kind of hard to get, uh, you got to, you know, you got to research and find out how to do it and get it all done. And, you know, and it's, it's not going to happen with your Oculus Quest 2 and stuff like that but you know not in vr chat you know it's like which it should because they've got those capabilities right but Mm -hmm. that hasn't happened Mm -hmm. yet for in that program Uh, we might get there but they have their pianos right they have playable pianos like the like the one in the house that i that's now that's my main house now it's like just go downstairs and play and play the piano but i kind of have to do one finger but it still works pretty good (laughs) for a one finger for a two-finger piano yeah it's actually quite amazing. So when you turn on the options, you actually have the, it's like a finger tracking. It actually checks your hands, right? And you can yeah. see your fingers. And um, there's there's a... But the apps have to do it. Yeah, the apps have to have to, have be to support built it in and somehow, have the whole right? program for it. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I can't quite get is when you try to select something, you have to pinch your fingers like this. And... <laughs> I have a delay on mine. That's hard. I, I, I decided yeah. not to go that route. I just used that. Yeah. I use that. And you know, you know, like <laughs> typing and, or, yeah. and voice and all that, it, all the keyboard options are too hard for me. What I like to do is I just like to shoot, shoot the, the letters on the keyboard yeah, with my, like that. with my 
at things. Yeah, yeah, that's why I do too. <laughs> but it's fast. It's fascinating how they have like that whole keyboard. And like, I remember one time you were like in VR chat or something, and I actually saw you pop up in my uh, my messenger, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna type to him real quick. And I I pull the <laughs> keyboard out, and then I'm like, and I was typing like I'm typing to you in VR. And it's like, this is quite amazing that you can pull up a virtual keyboard and I'm actually typing on it, <laughs> sending messages. Of course, it's like so much slower to do. But They've uh, got a lot more. So they, they added more support for more keyboards now, for more Bluetooth keyboards so that you can actually just plain use it. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. So you can actually Bluetooth the keyboard here. I guess you could because it has Bluetooth on it. Yeah, there's a lot of features with the Quest that that Meta is thinking about workspaces and stuff. That's why the Cambria is going to be a more works work environment type of headset. Yeah, and this one program my uh, my wife is talking about Vermilion. That is so cool. Uh, you can oil paint, and it's like literally like it's real. It feels real. You can take a brush and move it across the paint and it smears around and like it does exactly like what a paintbrush would do and you can feel it too a little bit in your hand it vibrates a little bit when you're painting and uh that's a cool program it's called vermilion oh my goodness it's crazy oh I, you know the open that open brush is good enough for me man that's open brush cool. yeah i saw that one too yeah the free just the free one <laughs> the, the thing is, is you got to be careful with the kids, though, when you're going into those VR chat rooms and they have the ability to paint. The one thing that <laughs> happens all the time and it happens every single time. Why? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Why does it? Why is there an obsession with uh, with certain parts of the anatomy? I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. The one thing that uh, amazes me is that it happens every single time, though. And when you're streaming, you have to be careful. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, the VR stuff is insane. Uh, I I honestly can't get enough of it. I can't wait. Maybe actually later on, I don't know if it'll be today or tomorrow, but I was going to do some VR stuff, hopefully sometime in the next day or so just to get back into the gear of doing some VR because I haven't done it in like a couple weeks and it's always kind of fun to revisit it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't uh, been on as much either just because I just tried to, you know, figure out a bunch of computer things that are more PC things. Uh -huh, to, how, yeah. how to get by with only one PC and still be able to broadcast stuff. I want to broadcast. I know I need to build a new computer. Seriously. My computer Mm, it's I, I'm, I'm I'm angry with this computer right now. Uh, it, it it it's been such a good computer. Don't don't get me wrong, but it is really on my bad side lately. I don't know what's going on with this computer. It is crashing when I load FL Studios. It is I don't know. You know, even when I pull up my web browser, like it has this little hang up that happens once in a while, and my whole computer is inoperable for like about a minute. And I don't know if it's like something to do with maybe I got to like reformat or something or whatever the case is, but it is just giving me, it's giving me a uh, attitude. So did you mm. upgrade to windows 11 or something? Uh, no, this one is not windows 11, but we do have another guest though. Ooh, what's up? I'm, and I, and I'm back too, by the way. Hello. hello. Hey, awesome. Hey, Hi. studio, uh, we, we have a, this is one of our friends, Hayes. He does a lot of really crazy stuff with all these different gadgets back here. Uh, you might 
really be interested in some of the stuff he's got going on here. Uh, so we just want to introduce you to Hayes. So what's up, Hayes? How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I'm not using headphones right now, so hopefully, um, let me turn this down a little bit to make sure you're not, I'm not echoing you. Yeah, good to see y'all. Long time, no talk, see, all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> I've been, I've been so occupied with so many things that, like, I kind of lost where I was the past, like, six months. It's been weird with this whole project we've been doing, and so everything kind of got tied up with this whole crypto thing, which is cool. Uh, I learned a lot, and I think I've gained uh, a lot of knowledge in it, and that's what's important, I guess, at this point in time. Uh, but I think I just want to get back to doing some fun stuff <laughs> and just having fun, you know, because it's been getting really serious with that stuff and, uh, you know, it's going to be a thing of its own. So I'm just letting it be a thing of its own for now on for, you know, hopefully the next few months or so until we can figure out what to do with it. So, <laughs> and I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Upcoin. Yeah, it's Upcoin. Uh, did you hear the Upcoin ad that I made? It's, <laughs> Dude, it, it's kind of funny. The the first time we talked, it was so funny. You were like, "I'm thinking a Subway." Yeah. <laughs> Sandwichy. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm, the, a, I'm a big Subway the, boy. <laughs> the logo looks like a. It's got like that theme going, you know, like mm -hmm. it's a Upcoin or Subway, like Subway logo thing. But I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> But yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah, it does look kind of like a subway. I know, right? It's so funny. Like, I never thought of that until the studio Stargazer told me, and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, like, we have to partner with uh, Subway now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, anything going on that uh, you guys want to talk about? Anything new? Anything that you've. Um, explored in the world of music that might be interesting i've been starting to get back into writing some music i don't know about you guys but it's been a while honestly on my end any any cool ideas about uh any songs you guys are gonna do anytime soon or well i just come up with like sounds really i don't sounds. try to do any songwriting per se i have been jamming in a band like i, I play drums also so it's been really fun playing in a band recently with a guitar player and a bass player. And I'll let them do all the writing. And, of course, they, they get inspired from the beats and the grooves that I provide. And I will, like, do things that will, like, spark an interest in them to try to do something different, you know. And then they'll kind of give me feedback on that. And then, of course, I'll try to, like, reiterate a groove that's more established in that regard and always try to listen to the bass player. But for the most part, you know, like... That's kind of the fun part about being a drummer is that I don't really pay much attention to like music theory mm -hmm. and I definitely don't try to like write verses and courses. I just basically like if something gets to gets to where it's like, okay, this it's time to move on or I've sufficiently explored this area for long enough. Let's just try to move on. And then um, I've been just accumulating all this music and then hopefully someday I'll take it all and edit it down into like three minute chunks or something one day. Sure. When I get really bored. 
Yeah, that's that's one kind of that's kind of one of those things that's kind of cool is that you're actually playing in a band. Uh, I've never had any experience actually playing music with any other people. Uh, that's one thing that I've always wanted to do, but I've never had the opportunity to actually do it. I had a drum set, but then I I just it, I didn't utilize it you know enough, and then I got the you know more into like this analog gear and stuff and whatnot. But uh, it, that's kind of cool, though. I never actually played with anybody. I never actually done any collaborations. And that's something I want to kind of eventually do, uh, hopefully over the summer. I know that uh, Studio Stargazer here, he's doing some interesting collaborations with these podcasts. They're kind of like uh, an adventure in, in a way. It's a story-based thing. And I, I really dig stuff like that and just trying to figure out where to go when it comes to thinking of like a story plus adding some music and just adding like a theatrical kind of vibe to everything. So, uh, but that's, that's really cool though. Like checking out like, uh, what other people are doing, like actually in a band and being a part of that. So, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, any, uh, any other cool stuff the guys doing anything? Oh, any boy. new music, Mr. Basic? Oh, his mic went out. That's why I can't. I think I think your your mic is out. Yeah, yeah. Oh shoot. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Um, yeah. Uh, I've been learning my my drum machine. Uh, mostly, and it's just this little drum machine. It's got six channels, and it's got a, a nice fader for each channel. And it's just and all this all these performance things like fills and scatters and stuff that you can do and on the spot and it, it's just uh it's great it's all i all I'll ever need but but now i'm also trying to uh really if i want to go philosophical with what's going on one one kind of cool thing is that i tried to i have this organ this old organ the Kauai organ from the 80s but it's got midi right no. It does that's and cool. it's been my favorite like key bed and stuff like that you know for just 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 thing to, to turn on and come up with my music right in the past before i got into anything electronic so like i just now decided to try to use that to hook up to this 101 to play different parts on it right mm -hmm. to have uh, and so yeah it's um the upper does um four five and six uh, and then the lower transmits MIDI on five or eight, uh, eight, nine, and eleven, or so, I think is what it is. And so, so it's like okay, I hooked it all up with my quad MIDI quadra through MIDI splitter, mm -hmm. um, and so I can so I can play different parts, and you know from my organ that'd be so so cool. But then I realized the problem with it is. That back then they didn't have it. It didn't have velocity. Oh, okay. On the keybed. Yeah. And the problem with my 101, the reason why it needs a good keyboard like this already mm -hmm. has, and and most modern ones do, transmits velocity so that it you'll have some expression. Otherwise, it sounds like a cheap old organ or computery <laughs> bad, uh -huh. uh, you know, bad computer sound song. Yeah. Um, if you try to play it on these pads here by itself, yeah, there's no velocity. No. So what you need is velocity. And so my organ didn't have velocity, so I had to bring that back out of the studio and put it back over there again and reset everything. Um, and I got rid of my circuit that's been, uh, or I mean, not got rid of. It's it's out of the way. 
out of here so that I'll force myself to look to get comfortable with other things I have like this and sequence on this instead because I'm I'm just uh I got to break through from doing things the easy way with just reaching for the circuit all the time because it's uh because it's more limited than something like like sure. the 101 what, like, what kind why of don't, why don't I play it I don't know what kind of MIDI keyboard is that uh, the one you have right right there is that an Arturia yeah that's a key step the black key version step? Yeah, that's cool. I was thinking of getting one of those, actually, because I, I have a laptop that I want to kind of like do music around the house, like not just in my studio, but just all over the place. I just want to maybe go on the back porch and play some music or something like that. And I was wondering if that's a good kind of like mobile keyboard, like if I could just use that for like any application, and if it's like portable mm -hmm. and whatnot. So I was it's looking great. at getting one of those. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. keyboard. Yeah, I have uh, a white one. And I would prefer to get the black one, but, get you know, find one that's used, get whichever one is cheapest. You know, you might be even be able to get one for 90 bucks. I hate to say it, but I saw a video recently, and, and it looks like that Behringer Swing thing mm -hmm. isn't going away. Yeah, yeah. Neither are these headphones, I think. They, they do the clone of the headphones. But, oh, okay, um, yeah. Then. <laughs> they do a clone of every. They're just allowed to do everything. They just do it in whatever country they aren't stopped from doing it. I, I don't know. At, at that price point, I think I would just rather have the Arturia. Because yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, it's 120 mm -hmm. bucks. You can probably get one for 100 used. Definitely, always. And they are great. And believe it or not, like, I mean, I don't recommend this, of course, but I have a um, rever. Okay. So this is just like a regular battery clip. You've seen these before, right? For nine volt batteries. Mm -hmm. And the regular ones, however, are wired center positive. Mm. So all I did is I just reversed the wires on them. I painted it blue so I know that it's, you know, center negative. And you can get a 9-volt battery in this and plug it into the key step and power power it right up. Nice. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Which is 9-volt? That's crazy. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, you're, you're really better off using, like, a USB power bank, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But mine keeps disconnected. Mine's such a loose connection back here. It's always a loose connection. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> I did not bump it. <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful, huh? <laughs> yeah, hard, hardware's tough. Sometimes. Yeah, it can be. What kind of MIDI keyboard do you do? You, do you use uh, Studio Stargazer? I am rocking a. Uh, I think it's the Yamaha P seventy one. So it's the full eighty eight, and they're fully weighted keys. Nice. Um, it doesn't have, I mean, too much functionality, like no onboard recording or anything. But it makes an amazing uh, sequencer. And you're, you're talking about how, you know, <clears throat> uh, expressive the software instruments and things are on, uh, on I of Odin in particular. That's why, uh, because oh. all of the, the velocity information and all of that and having the addition of the fully weighted keys, it really feels like playing a real uh, grand. So it's, uh, let me see if I, if you can see it, it's that bad boy. Yeah. Okay. Right there. Yeah, I've always wanted to get a fully weighted one. I have a uh, a complete control. It's if I can aim this down here, it's a oh, Native yeah. Instruments complete control. Uh, it's the S sixty one key version of it, and I I dig it. I like it a lot. They do make an eighty eight version that's fully weighted. I would like that, but it's almost too big to fit on my desk. So mm. I don't know where I'd put it all. Uh, I mean, I could I could just put it on like a keyboard stand, but I don't know. Uh, but 
they're fantastic though. I like this uh, brand. I think it's uh, it does the job, but I do like something a little smaller that I could just kind of use whenever I just want to hook it up and just play something maybe somewhere else in the house or something like that. Kind of get some inspiration from other places. Sometimes this room kind of get, gets a little, I don't know, claustrophobic in here a little bit when I'm playing music. So I like to kind of switch it up and do things in different spots, you know? <laughs> do, you, do you guys at all feel the same way? Like when you want to get some different kind of inspiration, is there like a place you like to go besides your studio to make music? Nope. Or are you... No. Or do you just mostly mm. stick with studio? I I live and, in here, so I I almost <laughs> I haven't left the studio in in like a couple years. Wow! I got entertainment center over there. It's like all all in one spot, and then obviously moving moving the big keys uh, would be pretty difficult. I have a couple of the sequencers. Oh, yeah. I just don't use them. Uh, I have a smaller um, a smaller Yamaha. I forget DGX, uh, I don't know, 250, something like that, um, which has more built in stuff, but it, it does kind of feel a little bit more like a toy. The keys feel a little plasticky and mm -hmm. tinkery. Um, and that's slightly more mobile. And then I have somewhere this little guy. which I have not used. Um, this is the uh, Nectar. And it's got, so it's got the little drummy. Yeah, built I in. have that one too. I have that oh, same one and I was going to sell it on Reverb if I if I can because, yeah. I've never used it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. It's just, it's just sitting there. It looks like it would be really good, but the feeling, it, it, I mean, it sucks. It sucks because it feels cheap mm. when you're playing. It feels cheap to play. It's just like click, 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 and and loud. Yeah, and that, that's the whole point of having that, right? I mean, is to have a nice feeling key bed. I mean, otherwise, why would you want a key bed? I mean, just get a yeah. micro freak. Or just use musical typing. Logic Pro just has this where it's yeah. like you could just turn on musical typing and use your literal yeah. <laughs> uh, QWERTY keyboard. Uh, yeah, gotta have the gotta have the full the full keys. I. I invested that was like number one thing for me investments in the studio um my god that's I a have good some one real keys i'm not a player like I, I play drums so there's no reason for me to have that really mm. uh, I, I would have it for other people to play on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah my 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 partner actually um uh, is saying that I that I have to get one for my daughter to learn uh, on that's fully weighted 88 keys. And I and I always say, it's like, well, if you have synth weighted, you can play faster things, blah, blah, blah. But she insists that we got to have a fully weighted 88 key something. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I got to get one at some point. Just get a piano. Yeah. Just get a real uh, piano. Well, that's, that might happen soon. Yeah, actually, that might happen soon. Yeah, yeah, but I've shopped around too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pianos. Eh, you know, they they can be kind of pricey. Uh, have you Heavy. found a good one yet? Like one that you're interested in? Like, oh, oh no, I mean the piano might just you know an old piano that's yeah, like already there. You could, the yeah, you could find a, a piano for free if you can go pick it up and move it. Yeah, for yeah. them. Yeah, there's that's tons the problem of those. with pianos is you know who wants to actually have to move them. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, unless you got a and, moving company. And I'm yeah. and I'm connected to to I've been connected to churches so much that there's just so many organs that I could just I could just I I could collect organs and pianos. Yeah. Really? So, That's cool. Oh man, because it it really is. It's hard to get rid of a piano. Yeah. People just uh, you want to give it away, and you can't still. And this yeah, this is why. I can't play piano too. It's it's great because I have no urge to want to have a piano. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wish I could play piano. Seriously, that's that's like the coolest instrument in my opinion. Um, that's oh, what absolutely. I like. I always consider like being a drummer. I'm a failed pianist. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. easier to just sort of like take all your fingers and just grab some sticks and do this instead. That's well, I do what I can uh, with the two with the two or a four fingers. finger method because I'm a mallet <laughs> yeah, percussion could, yeah. player. The four mallets—that's <laughs> that's really how cool. I learned. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or in like VR, I was actually thinking of Hayes actually when I was doing this thing in the this program. Uh, you can actually play virtual drums, and it's it's mm -hmm. really responsive too. It's amazing. It's like literally you can put them like in any direction or any any position that you want to, and then you just freaking go at it man and you can just keep going as long as you can but it's, the it's pretty cool. that is that it's actually more exhausting to play air drums than it is to actually i mean within within reason of course but you can mm -hmm. exhaust yourself a lot quicker doing air drums than if you're actually playing drums yeah mm -hmm. I, I can imagine mm -hmm. yeah or if you put them up here and you're like going in, down low and up high yeah yeah, it's crazy though. Like the stuff they're doing with it is amazing though. What you can actually put together. Like if we could all do like a, a virtual band, I mean, just imagine how cool that'd be. <laughs> yep. The, the search for low, for no latency on a project like that I would know. be great. Yeah. And see, since it's all like wireless though, that's your issue, right? Because the headset is all going through like Wi-Fi, So that adds a bit of latency just right there. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to get to that point where you could literally just have band practice on the Internet and you could literally just be like playing music like you would in, in any kind of studio. That'd be fantastic. Well, have you all heard of Endless? Endless with like three S's at the end? Not. No, I haven't. Mm -mm. I haven't tried it yet, but my friend Dave over at Notes, Notes and Volts. Endless? Uh, he uses it a lot. He uses it so much that he actually, first of all, he's kind of an electrical engineering guy. And, and he actually he builds Ooh. stuff. So uh, one of the first things he did was was build a custom MIDI controller just for that application. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of like you know think of, think of like a video switcher, right? That works with with uh, Streamlabs. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing where like instead of uh, using his mouse and keyboard to uh, interface or to couple with the interface, he just has his own hardware interface with some buttons. And uh, I think he's got just yeah some knobs and buttons. No, That's cool. I want to say he might even have a couple faders on there, but oh, um, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah it's uh, a collaborative you, thing. Yes, and, and I know that you love faders, Mr. Basic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. You got to have the faders on everything. That's the thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It looks actually cool. This uh, it says the Global Jam. So anyone, anyone from around the world, you can hop on this. Yeah, and you kind of change. You can change the. You can add to and change the jam basically as it goes, and it just. It, and and you can kind of like at least when it started out. I don't know what it's like now, but you, you kind of can take a snapshot at any point and go from there and and uh, 
and jam from there, you know, That's from cool. any point in, from a point in history, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. That, I'd like amazing. to see uh, how it actually functions. So like if someone, I guess it's collaborative. So someone could change the, uh, like if you change the beat, somebody can change it on their end and then it reflects on yours. Correct. It's a collaborative looper. Collaborative yeah. looper. Oh, okay. <laughs> pretty much. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it just loops audio. Oh, okay. Uh, there may be some synth, a few synth engines in there, and some kind of like sequencing and kind of like you know MIDI type kind of stuff. But I think mm -hmm. it's mostly um, audio loop. Again, I haven't used it. I've only watched, you know, Dave when he streams on Notes and Notes and Volts. He'll he'll um, have some jams sometime. And uh, cool. have people in the chat will collaborate along with them. Oh, okay, that's cool. I've seen like uh, people do some stuff where in the chat, like somehow they can like tie a bot to it, and people can put in like either a letter or a number, and it'll change something. So like that'd be kind of fascinating if they had something where somebody can just send something to the chat, and then like the people watching can then change the patterns or something, or like make music through the chat room or something. Uh, I've seen w something similar where someone pretty much implemented this all themselves through uh, – what am I trying to say? There, there is some kind of library that is available in all browsers that allows you to provide MIDI across the internet. So you could theoretically design a web page that has a lot of you know buttons and sliders and kind of knob-looking like type kind of things, mm -hmm. and then someone could – use that and move it around and transmit MIDI CC and, and other things and you know, even have like a sequencer. And that's what this person had designed. And I was just over there just, you know, changing the drum patterns while other people were changing other parameters on. And this was all connected to his hardware synthesizers. Oh, that's cool. So anything, yeah. of course, that had MIDI, because that's how uh -huh. this is all operating was through MIDI and through MIDI uh, control changes. So I don't think anything was being transmitted by a CV and gate, but it probably could uh -huh. as well. I mean, That's I mean, cool. yeah, you definitely could. All you need is just a MIDI to CV converter. But the, the problem there, of course, is, you know, MIDI handles 16 channels and you would need like a pretty beefy MIDI to CV converter, you know, that handled a lot of channels. Mm -hmm. And you would want not just CV, but gate for each one. So that's two per channel. So that would be a big box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I don't>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. What, um, don't you have some MIDI to CV stuff over there, Mr. Basic? Yeah, I was just going to say, I just last night, I, I hooked everything up again. Um, and just the amount of MIDI cables is just crazy. And and yeah, but I but I've got it really simple and nice thanks to this quadra through, okay, uh, you know. But actually, that I'm not only I'm not even really using using I'm only using the two or three of them at a time anyway. Um, but the thing is, it's really easy. It's like I've just got um, it goes drum machine uh, to start as the master, uh, and then to the keyboard. It just just transmits clock through it, but the keyboard plays the MC one hundred one, and then the quadra through allows the one hundred one to sequence, um, you know, the system one, the peak, uh, maybe even the mono station or anything else that doesn't have a sequencer, like the mini brute doesn't have a sequencer on it. 
Um, and then, so that's, everything's covered. And I don't need my circuit anymore, but um, there's still things I want <laughs> to, yeah. to make it like a little bit more minimal and, and easier. But I, I think it's just about perfect. I'm, I'm going to do a video tonight or tomorrow about just a studio update. Um, not as the real me, but as a, as a, as a, as a 3d cartoon production of me, mm -hmm. um, cool. as a, as a VTuber, <laughs> I was going to be my first VTuber video and I'm going to like explain, I'll, I'll do a little, little explanation of, of why my, why I'm done with my studio and I'm not going to get any more gear and it's perfect. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about that VTuber thing and uh, how you can actually represent yourself as like a different character and stuff. So uh -huh. I thought that was, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I've got my MIDI cable box, like an entire crate of MIDI uh -huh. cables, like still. Go send them to me. You know about my micro station, right? Mr. Basic? I, um, no. So, you know, like I basically have two kinds of videos when I upload to YouTube. One is with all the stuff back here here and the other yeah. is just like with pocket operators or like you know you know like a couple right of the top down I, yeah exactly i call that my micro jam station okay yeah yeah and one of the first things that i had to do was after i set up all the, all the big rig was try to figure out okay how can i set up a micro jam station like i had before so i finally got all that working out and get the audio you know back over to the main mixer so that i can capture it on, on the computer well, I finally got MIDI over to the micro jam station. And because like I was just basically bringing audio back and everything was just self-contained and I would, you know, just use the pocket operators or the vocals. They don't really need MIDI. They, they can just use CV as a right. clock to synchronize with each other. And they're, they're, they're uh, kind of configured so that they work really well with each other as well. You can try to do this with other devices and find that it doesn't work because of reasons that I don't want to get into. <laughs> but these devices are all really, you know, designed very well to work with each other. So, but having MIDI and being able to have my main sequencer, the pyramid, control stuff, especially with like a MIDI clock and so forth. I mean, that that would be really cool. And I finally figured out how to do it. And here's the cool part. So I've got one MIDI hub coming out of the pyramid. And it is coming out of uh, just out of the second five-pin DIN MIDI hub. I mean, excuse me, uh, Jack. And from there, I've got one of those witty Bluetooth wireless cables, and it's transmitting over here behind me to the VC. What is it? What is it called again? The VC340, the Behringer. Yeah. The Roland is called the VP330. Behringer called it the VC3340. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a tongue twister right there. So MIDI is being transmitted Bluetooth to that synthesizer. And then the through port I've got coming out further over here to a four port MIDI hub that is then able to give like, you know, four synthesizers MIDI. And that, that's plenty for the micro station. Uh -huh. But I just thought that was pretty hilarious that all of that is, is being transmitted through Bluetooth. And, um, but on top of that, the, the uh, the VC340 is also able to transmit Bluetooth back to the pyramid, uh -huh. so I can use it as a master controller. But it gets a little weird there because the pyramid is also able to sequence the VP340, but the 3 v 40 can control the pyramid and any other synthesizer that is the active track on the yeah pyramid. yeah yeah. 
yeah, I, I had to do the same thing. Uh, just make sure the settings are right for the the right kind of through and which whether you're doing active active track or not. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and then man, I just that uh, pain, but yeah, that's cool. <laughs> take the little the little dongle witty thing out of uh, the VC340 and pop it into my wind controller. And now it's like I've got a remote saxophone. I can walk around the room and just play any synthesizer. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. That. <laughs> That's kind of cool, Brett yeah. stuff. Like we were talking about flutes earlier and how hard it is. Well, I was just mentioning how hard it is to to make a good flute sound, you know. I got a great flute sound once out of the Volca Keys. And I couldn't tell you how to do it again. I mean, I would I would spend probably a month trying to recreate that sound. Uh, it, there's There's a lot of different flutes though, right? This particular one was a very kind of uh, staccato uh, fluty sound that you might hear, kind of like a jazz flute, you know, like a beatnik kind of jazz flute, but or like a real staccato kind of kind of sound. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I can let you listen to it for yourself and, you know, <laughs> you, you be the judge, you know, if it sounds like a flute or not. Yeah, it's it's amazing how how you can set up these elaborate setups and just it gets like there's so much stuff happening all at once, you know, and, and when you're connecting all these things together and, and, you know, getting like certain sounds and whatnot to sound realistic or whatnot. Uh, it's amazing how you can actually kind of almost get that realism that you get from just a real sounding flute. Like Mr. Basic was saying, it's kind of hard to play a flute, but if you can recreate it somehow and make it, you know, um, how do you say a rhythmic in a sense where it sounds like it's a real wood, woodwind in instrument, that's actually fascinating, you know, how you can get to that point. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I actually have, uh, let me see. I have a few of these Native American, and they're like styled after Native American flutes and whatnot. And I, I actually kind of learned how to play it a little bit. And uh, they're fantastic, though. I mean, to, to make like just some nice recordings from these, it might even be kind of neat to do that as well. You just throw some reverb on it, you know? And. <laughs> oh nice I mean it, it's hard to beat the real thing but mm -hmm. exactly. some of that stuff is is you know it's fascinating like the stuff that Studio Stargazer was doing he has these samples and I, I swear Pepper. it was like he was playing a flute like that, I, I really thought that yeah the was, trills but, and everything you know it, mm. and it's it, they're fully articulated, um, and they, they do this with strings, too. You can fully fully go in and change the articulation the way that you want the string to be played, not just the note length or the velocity. You get all that classic MIDI stuff, Where's you know, where does the note go? But then you can actually change the articulation by note and how you want the note to be played, um, it, which it just creates... And a lot, a lot of those software instruments are actually sampled from real instruments. So, mm -hmm. you know, they went in and that's how they made all those software instruments is by actually recording uh, real instruments. And so you get a much more real uh, feel. I know. Well, I, know I was going to say, I think, I think huh? that's a lot of it's not just the actual tone but it's also the envelope of that tone you know what, mm -hmm. what it actually kind of goes through mm 
and yeah, yeah. that helps to get that real that realism. I, and I, I hate to admit it, another thing that helps to get the realism, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is the highest uh, being able to have the highest um, uh, sampling rate possible. Yeah. Yeah, so that way you get like a, a real high quality sample and then you can kind of do a little bit like I know there's some dudes out there that actually take samples of certain things and they can there's a it might actually be a plug in within I saw someone do it with logic once and they were taking sounds and they can loop them in such a way that it sounds like when you hold the key down that it continues to keep going. I, I don't know what they call it, but there is a way to do it where they can come come up with a starting point and then an end point, and then it kind of makes it loop over when you're holding the key down, so that way it sounds natural. And right, you get the zero crossing points. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it is like, from what I've heard, like a really painstaking kind of, like, thing to do. It's, like, for every individual oh, it's note. not that bad. I do it all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, once I mean, you once you know what to look for, and there, there's tricks... And, you know, so, some things are very difficult to do. But seriously, I, I, I do that kind of stuff all the time. Do you, do you time stretch it at all? Or do you just use it like, because I know you can time stretch it. It kind of emulates that. Depends. Yeah. I mean, I, I generally don't. But um, you generally like to just to get like, like a, a solid sound that's going. And a lot of times you don't even need to worry about like what its time cycle is. If you can get it to loop in such a way, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, if you notice it, then it matters. But if you don't notice it, then it, then it doesn't matter. And another trick, like if it's something rhythmic, is that instead of trying to loop it, just, just re-trigger it on the one. Like have it play all the way through the bar and then just re-trigger it when, you're, mm-hmm. when, when the next bar comes around. And that way, if, it, if it's just even just the, the slightest milliseconds off, yeah, you won't notice it really because it'll be like at the very, very end, and then you could also have like something else fill in that gap at the very, very end of it to just totally cover up the fact that it's out of time. Sure, sure. Yeah, they have little tricks to do that somehow. You can actually have like an offset so that way it doesn't like it doesn't sound like it's like cutting off and then starting over again, and then you can kind of make it sound fluid, I guess, in that way. <laughs> you could also like take it so far and then reverse it. Oh yeah, depending yeah, upon like you know the how, like just the the way that the uh, the waves envelope, I guess uh-huh. if if they if they're very like kind of sine wavy, then you can generally reverse it and you won't really notice it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're getting real technical. So if you guys are trying to follow along, like uh, you might not quite get what we're saying, but like if you're into music as much as we are, like it's fascinating though to kind of figure out how to actually do all this stuff and to figure out exactly what kind of things you need to do in order to make sense of it. But yeah, uh, I've, I've kind of been just getting on the verge of learning about how they do that. And I've been messing around with some strings. There's actually some virtual strings in here on FL Studios. It's just a, a wave file, but it actually kind of, it, it sounds realistic enough. And then you can go in here and you can tap into some settings and you can make it a little bit, di- you know, like offset it a little bit to maybe make it smoother or whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating though. I mean, the, to figure out how to do all that and to get creative with it, you know, cause this one's actually really basic. I mean, I have more realistic sounding ones than this, but. You guys are making me think about granular too. Um, mm-hmm. 
how you can kind of like if you if you get it in a good granular synth or program like that, you can you can scrub, you know, scrub things and and do things oh, and smooth cool that too. and smooth out a lot of things. You know, you can totally mangle a sample in a way that it. Oh yeah. It you know, or fix issues with it. Um, you know, clicking in between each type of loop in time of loops or whatever. You know, by the fact that it's just grain grains can be overlapping. You know, samples can then be overlapping a, a bit. You know, yeah. kind of like smooths together, kind of like a video transition. Yeah, there's one on here that you can do. Let me see if I can find it. It's it's so funny what you can do with it though. Like you can keep it like like uh, what is this thing you can do with it? I, once I find it, I'll come. I don't know. There's so many things in this well, program. I, while I you're looking lost. for that, I would talk about granular synthesis, and that's what gets kind of funny with sampling. Mm -hmm. is when you start doing things like what granular synthesis does, like taking a smaller and smaller window of the sample and just playing, looping that over and over and over again, you inevitably create an oscillator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's that what is... I love to do. I just love to scrub for new, for, scrub for different sounds within a sound. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing is to find like a sound that actually kind of will work well with it. You can always right. put like a voice, like you could record a voice in there. So like if I recorded, like, let me see. I can like record something real quick. Hey, what's up? And then just like drag this in here if it'll work. <laughs> uh, come on, insert that in the playlist. Yeah, I guess I'm not really prepared for this, but yeah, it's cool how you can kind of just mess around with it and make some really funny sounds too while you're at it too. Is it there now? No. What is this? No. Shadow Pulse. Yeah, definitely not it. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the things I, I'm uh, enjoying messing around with is using um, Drum Designer in inside of Logic, which gives you, you know, you have a handful of genres to pick from, and then in each genre you have a bunch of different drummers to choose from in different styles, and then you can change how um, on a grid between how simple or complex you want the beat to be, how, many, how much filler you want in certain spots, and just kind of turn things on and off, but then you can swap out the kits. And so swapping out uh, the track Spirit Monkey, I actually swapped out some of the uh, drum kits with sound effects, like from Rick and Morty and crap, um, just using <laughs> actual sa sound clips and then turning those into, and then having the drum designer play it as a beat. And that is uh, an absolute joy. I, I need to start That's doing great. more of that. Yeah. That, that's fun. I love taking samples or like like things I've recorded and then like making drum beats out of them and stuff and whatnot. Like that's always like it's satisfying in its own way that you can just kind of like record something, put it in there. And then it's like, whoa, that's that sounds pretty cool. You know, you can make like a interesting kind of drum set out of just like random things that you can record. I know I did some with like uh, some inanimate objects that I had and just like made this funny like drum set out of things in the kitchen. It's like, Dung! like I was beating on like little different mm. like metal things and whatnot. And that's actually really fun. That's one thing I really dig doing. <laughs> yeah. Incendium, I used um, uh, a, a glass bottle for that, both as a, to strike it, but then also blowing in it and then using mm -hmm. flex pitch to change the key. Uh, a, a brick. God, I used a bunch of really weird stuff on that album. Uh, a brick, uh, a metal pipe, 
glass bottle, something else. And have some other weird sound. Uh, the thunder tube is a great, great little instrument. Real simple, just a spring attached to a tube. <laughs> that makes some cool and, sounds. And that had so much like personality to it as well. Like if it's if it's stuff that you did that you record into it, and there's like little things that you know about. Maybe somebody listening to mm-hmm. it doesn't quite know, and you're like, yeah, I know, I know what I did there. That's cool, you know. And that's always like the fun thing about it is you can you can put things in your song that maybe people kind of overlook or whatnot. And mm-hmm. but you know you know what you did there, and you you know exactly how you put together and how how it sounds and the way that you you made it. So I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. The Easter eggs. Yeah, I yeah, hide I hide epic crap tons of Easter eggs in my work. <laughs> Hope it knowing that like 99% of people are totally going to miss it. But then there's that oh, one yeah. nerd out there that's going to go, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep. It was for you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certain people who know the instruments that I use will be able to hear what I'm doing right away, you know, because they're things that that they do that they ended up doing because of having the same thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like certain things that are just amazing about a certain module. It's like, oh, yeah, everyone with that module is going to absolutely know why I did why what I did there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just and, messing with different sounds you recorded. And with I worry guy. it's not so impressive. Oh, I'm not impressing those people who also have a have a that, you know, I have like these slurps. <laughs> like it's like me slurping on water it's like and you can take it and like put it in the granulates and like just make some really crazy stuff so like hold on let me get the spacing correct because if it's the spacing's too hold on loop it where are you at there we go oh nice yeah i love doing stuff like that like that's one of the fun things to do is just mess around with the granulator and make it like like just make it go back and forth across the, the 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 wave that you recorded on there and just make crazy sounds i mean it's like like you said it's like an oscillator in a sense you can take any sound and just make it sound like it's oscillating wow you know, it's so crazy <laughs> nice it's it's fun. It's so I mean uh, everything about awesome. the studio is so much fun. It, yeah, we're always too. looking for more yeah. more complicated ways to make fart noises. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's true. Right? I've I've got a patch uh, ready to go that I can demonstrate for y'all real quick if you want to hear <laughs> Do it. Do it. Do it. This is actually uh, one of my favorite patches. It's something that I, I discovered a long time ago. <laughs> I'll see if Mr. Bass can get what synthesizer this is. Let me see if this this works. Now we're going to do synthesizer. Uh, what is it called? Can y'all hear that? Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Now it's going to get real crazy. Is that the Delta Sep? <laughs> That's crazy. No, that was the DFAM. Oh, D-fam? yeah. Okay, I thought about that too. I was like, but how? Like, what? What? Oh, wow. That's a yeah. That's some pretty interesting patch you got there, especially with the 
the twinkly computery little littles in yeah. the middle there. So how yeah, that, did, that, how that did was do uh, that. <laughs> okay, that was the Plankton Electronic Spice, which is a bit crusher and a uh, distortion box. Yeah, that's and nice. What what I do is I I have so you got the two oscillators in the DFAM, and you can, you can control both with CV. So I've got an LFO that's being split on the neutron, and one one of the copies is being inverted. So one one of the LFOs goes directly to the DFAM oscillator one, and the inverted goes to the oscillator two. The output of those go into a ring modulator as the signaling carrier, and it doesn't matter which one. And then the output oh. just goes to. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> oh, why don't I? Why don't I do that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> because one of the first effects, like DIY effects, that I put together was a ring modulator. Uh-huh. So I was like, "What am I going to do with this?" And I just started, like you know, okay, experimenting. Yeah, like the ring modulator. Yeah. <laughs> we should do this thing where it's where it's a synthesizer charades. So like somebody would do like a sound and be like, "Okay, tell me how I did that," <laughs> and everybody oh. have to guess. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough. Oh, it would be. Yeah. That's or a good one, or which synth is it coming from? At least that. But yeah, <laughs> the, you know, that the whole thing about just to take two L, two LFOs, you know, I can do that easy easy here. It'd be great, you know. So just, just yeah. do it, you know, just invert one and send them send them each to the different oscillators and and so it just goes like that. You've got a, you've got um you've got a multiplier, right? Uh yeah. And an inverter? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, attenuators that invert and all that. So that way, like they're the same, you know, they're they're always the a copy, like or the invert copy of each other. Yeah. And that's that's yep. the important part. Yeah, I can do it with my attenuators and we'll invert, you know, I'll do it. Cool, cool. I have all yeah. my utilities all in one little box there, but uh, everything I ever need. And uh you've got do, do you have a neutron, Mr. Basic? No. No Okay. That's those are cool. Well, at this point, you might want to wait for the proton if you but you don't need uh, your synthesizer. <laughs> I but, saw that. I, yeah, I don't know why they did. Here's I, I joke about Behringer, and I always say like, you know, they're so greedy that they will compete with themselves. <laughs> they spread themselves too thin. I oh, want, yeah. I want some of those little soul. Okay, what I want is the new little, um, the Saturn soul. That's the that's the Jupiter little Jupiter. Okay. Uh, clone okay. That's this size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want the um, the hero tribe. Yeah, that's cool too. Because <laughs> I've always wanted a mono tribe, and I've never gotten a mono tribe. Uh-huh. I've always kind of held back because they're kind of pricey for what they are. I mean, yeah, they're if you cool, guys haven't seen but... seen these new line of little synths that are like Volca size mm-hmm. that that Behringer's come out with now. Um, there's also a Model D one. Yeah, yeah, and they have and, the uh, keybeds of a Micro Freak. I think what's weird oh. about the Model D, I think it's one oscillator but three voice, uh-huh. which is just bizarre. So I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. They, you know, they're 50 bucks or a hundred dollars, depending upon how many features they offer and how kind of how big they are. Yeah. The uh, hero tribe, I think is going to be a hundred dollars. That little model D though, might or in that, the one you're talking about, the Jupiter might only be $50. I can't remember. Um, well actually, and there's another little Jupiter based one. That's a four voice. That's even smaller. That's the, that's the size of a mono tribe. Okay. That's I the mean, $50, uh, a monotron. Uh, a monotron. That's the size yeah, of a okay. monotron, and that's yeah. the fifty dollars one. Okay, that's and yeah, that would be exactly. cool too. I just I just watched again the sound video of that just because it's nice. 
Sure. I think I have it over here. Yeah, I mean, this thing right here is, is great. This is this is the coolest thing in the world right here, the NTS-1. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. It's so small. It's got it effects is. and oh, everything. Wow. And it, can serve as effects for anything you put into it. Audio. Yeah. And it has MIDI oh. in as well. That's cool. It has a built-in speaker, which I keep forgetting that it has a built-in speaker. But it has uh, a lot of space inside of the case right here. And what I was thinking about possibly doing is modifying it to have a couple cell batteries so that it would, you know, mm. it would be better actually to have some kind of like rechargeable battery instead, though. And just kind of mm -hmm. piggyback off the USB port that powers it and just have like a, a rechargeable battery somehow. That's the only thing that's missing from this is just, you know, <laughs> you have to have um, a USB bank to go with it or whatever. But, oh, it's this and it has um, some really useful effects as well. And what I love about these things are using them as just like test devices for like, you know, getting just a, a sound source of something just to like, so that you like test other test equipment, for example, comes in really handy for that. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. That's glory neat. to glory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do around here. We like to make sounds. So that's, that's the fun thing is actually sound designing things is uh, coming up with different things that uh, sound totally unique and different than anything else. And uh, you can actually spend hours just on doing that. <laughs> that was one of the things I was really into when I first started with analog gear is just messing with sounds, LFOs, filters and things like that and just making sounds. And that's like the funnest thing. I mean, honestly, the one thing that I kind of miss is like that first moment when you just get into synthesizers and you're just like, what does this do? What does that do? And then you start learning and it's like, oh, wow, that's that's crazy. You can do even further things with this. And uh, it just goes down that rabbit hole. That's it's really interesting, though. <laughs> I still so, have a lot of manual reading to do. Oh, much, yeah. much manual reading yeah. to do. That's uh, the one thing. I just never get to the manuals. I'm always having too much fun. <laughs> oh, oh, I have to. There's no And Mr. Basic really knows what I'm going for here. I think a lot of people don't understand why I do what I do. Mr. Basic definitely does. And I, I think one thing I can say that he will appreciate is that the point that I'm going for now is it's almost I've almost gotten to the point to where I want each synthesizer just to have a sound that I just, I just use that synthesizer for that one sound. Yeah. <laughs> See what I'm saying? And then, but it will, or, and then I can kind of maybe vary it, you know, accordingly, which is what's cool, cool about these synthesizers is being able to kind of like work with that sound. But yeah. for the most part, just kind of sticking with like trying to figure out like what the synthesizer really shines at doing and sticking with it. Yeah. Every, everything finds its place. Yeah. 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 At some point. Yeah. Well, there's so many cables to work with. You don't. You just don't want to keep on working with them after a point. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. And that's what the patch bay is for. You know. Yeah. Oh, oh that yeah, was a yeah, nightmare too. Yeah. Oh boy, those are yeah. They're once you get them set up, they're great. <laughs> but set a weekend aside, you know, kind of thing. And like, you know, probably the problem with, with that is inevitably you're going to change your mind. Oh yeah. That's one thing I, I'm sure I'd have a heyday with that because even just to set up a mixer the way I want it 
because I don't like to move things around too often. I want it to be where I could just switch a button or something and then it'll be what I want it to be every time. So when you're doing things with cables and stuff and things are going this direction, that direction, and you're like, wait a second, I want to try something different, but I want it to be like this every time. It's like, oh my gosh, it gets crazy. Yeah, it's kind of sad when it's when it's so hard to to think about turning everything on that I go outside of my studio always and turn on the organ, just press the power button mm. and play it instead. And I've got this whole studio over here. You know? well, I've always done that. And it's like, oh, that's, that's just kind of, should I feel bad about that? <laughs> well, and there is, I, I, I have the same kind of, uh, I'm not, I don't want to call it a fear per se, but it, it really is. It does stem out of fear in the sense that when I turn everything on, if something doesn't turn on, am I prepared at that moment in time to troubleshoot? <laughs> yeah, figure exactly. it out. So real quick, the other day I was changing uh, one of these cameras here. They're on these little stands and I was repositioning one of the stands. So to remove it from where it was, I had to unplug a power wart. I said to myself, you're, you're going to, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know better than, than to unplug a power wart. But I did it anyways because there was no way I could get my hand in there to get this thing out. So I get the thing out, and what do I forget to do? Plug it back in. Several several hours later, I go to turn on my synthesizer. I'm just sweating bullets when I'm like, why is the neutron? Why don't I hear the neutron? What happened? What happened? <laughs> and luckily, you know. But, yeah, yeah, all kinds of little gremlins are just waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah. When and you, this is one, you know. This is one thing to always take in consideration before getting into stuff like this. I know Studio Stargazer, you're probably thinking you want to get into analog gear, right? <laughs> but there's all these things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need, I need like a warehouse first. Like I need I'm gonna need a lot of space and a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. My 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 setup right now is deceptively simple. I, I use uh, a MacBook Pro really tiny simple little uh interface for the i don't even know if this is going to be able to come over far enough but uh the damn it i think I just lost <laughs> our little little uh for the mic cool can you still hear me yes uh -huh. uh, yeah. and then just just the keys with a single you know USB-C. so my my setup is ridiculously simple i would love to just collect and, and build a whole like Foley studio uh, at some point that does, you know, the real, real deep uh, sound design stuff that I would love to get into and then just have just tubs and tubs and tubs of different things that I've used for different sounds. It's it's one of the dreams <laughs> to, to have, definitely be have able you to ever, do stuff like that. Have you ever thought of time. Like, uh, have you ever thought of any kind of equipment that you were looking into any kind of specific uh uh, synthesizer that you might already have in mind or uh, does anybody have any mm -hmm. recommendations maybe I never have time? recommendations honestly yeah <laughs> I, I need to know a lot of like you know what like there's so many needs and like what I would the, the what I recommend to anybody is the first time you get something by the cheapest version of it that you can and if you break it right from using it and you know you love it then maybe you, you want to get the more expensive version and then once you kind of get an idea from there, then you can figure out like, I want to buy this expensive thing or like, like right behind me is the most expensive synthesizer that I have. The, one of them, like the Delta Sep A and I purchased it like way down the road. You know, it was, it was a, I had this, this, 
budget where I, I would say I will, will never buy anything over $400. And so that's my only recommendation is for people starting out is to like, just have a budget and, and don't, and, and just limit yourself. You know, you see something that's a thousand dollars, just forget it. Don't gas over it at all. And yeah, yeah and what, whatever you have, whatever you have uh, in studio stargazers case, uh, is is really actually just going to be an addition oh, to what you're doing because what you're doing is the best, most ideal thing, and you're not mm. you're going to miss all of it if you try to do that with synths, uh, you know, and stuff, and then just put it all together that way. I but at the same time, it's like okay, this is this is something that I at uh, at first. I thought I was going to look for like the perfect all in one. And I want, you know, I still really kind of my ideal would be the perfect all in one, but nothing was ever good enough that I actually got and nothing ended up being the all in one. And so I had to add and add and add. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know. Yeah, I concur. I, I never looked for an all in one is that I knew that there wouldn't be one. So I just, you know, kept buying as, as many little things as I could. The, the main difference in what I do with this gear and to what I would be doing with just a computer is that with a computer, you can actually you save as you go a lot more easier, and you 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 build right as you go. This is a series of loops where it's all internal up here, and it's it's almost it's it's a memory game. It comes it becomes a point to where everything is all memorized up here, and I can't really necessarily see a piano roll and all of the different tracks laid out. And that's something else to, to kind of keep in mind. Um, I see a lot of people when they get into modular, they they try to get away from something. Inevitably, they just come right back to the thing that they're trying to get away yeah. from. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that happens too. <laughs> yeah. I see modular people though that know what they're doing too. Though, don't get me wrong, you know, they build great great stuff. No, oh, that's yeah. psychology that goes through all, kind of. I think all of us uh, who are who get into stuff like that. Yeah, I have experienced that myself a lot. Of just mm -hmm. going down the wrong you never know what the right path is you just never yeah. know That's uh, true. whether you really want something or not or need something or not or whether it's something's gonna be a, a, a the a piece in a good piece in the puzzle or or not or what is the puzzle and you had the wrong idea about if you're if you're not already successfully doing it how do you know mm -hmm. <laughs> that you even want to do that Exactly. Or like mm. you buy a, a mono synth and you're like, wait a minute, I can't play all the keys. Oh, it only plays one at a time. I want one with like multiple voices, you know, next. And then <laughs> you realize that it's like it's a very expensive journey to have a, a multi voice synthesizer or something like that. And then it becomes like, OK, well, I want to upgrade to this or, I, you know, I well, I want to do that, too. And you got to combine these two things and then. You know, it becomes like this bigger picture that you didn't see from the beginning. And then it just kind of adds up. <laughs> I think most of the reason I have hardware is vanity. It really is. And I don't, I'm not ashamed at all of that. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. art. It's it's mm -hmm. visual as much as it's anything. It's my experience is all I care about it because I'm maybe because I'm older or whatever. And it's just and it is mostly if it's mostly for me, I, I can call it always just call it a hobby. You know, because I'm not going to do it for someone else, but, you know, more, you know, something that I don't want to do ever. And so that kind of kind of limits me to just to, you know, to I don't, making it 
all about my experience, right? So I don't I don't have any qualms about just getting something because that's it makes me feel good to just have something like this with because it has silver knobs and a black face, you know, and you know, on top of being good at what it does. You know, Definitely. that's why I get it because I like, mm -hmm. I like, I like to feel that. Oh my gosh, it feels so good. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> As opposed to something that feels cheap, you know, or something, you know, hey, go for it. Cool. I think those are good reasons to get into hardware because in the end, you find out it's always going to be sort of vanity. Sure. If you can do it yeah. in the computer, it's, it's vanity sort of why you're doing it, you know? Well, exactly. Embrace that. Yeah. For me, it also I, I is a little, little bit of inspiration, too. though. It's mm -hmm. I throw my vanity somewhere else, to be honest. <laughs> Since I, I I'm a computer engineer and I work on a computer all day long, it's it's not a lot of fun for me to use a computer to, to create music with. Uh, yeah. So this like is a complete breakaway from any of that. I mean, you know, it, that's a bit of a stretch in a sense because each one of these little things is its own little microcomputer in a sense. But the mm -hmm. difference is is the coupling to, to the interface. In this particular case, you know, the computer is your keyboard and your mouse. Hey, and speaking of which, I'm actually looking to get the uh, HydroSynth Explorer. Aha. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to wait Ooh. for a year maybe. You know, I'll wait to see one. Somebody will sell one for 400 bucks, and, yeah. I, and I'll buy it. That would be the, the only, one you know, keyboard I would get top on my list yeah. right now. I was, I was but, always but, um, in that one. I don't know uh, what I would recommend, though, uh, for someone starting out, though. Like I said, I don't give a recommendation. But mm. what, I would, what I think what I would recommend uh, to get two things, to get like a drum machine, an an like an an analog drum machine or, or like a Roland uh, TR-8. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Not, and not a sampling one either. Don't get a sampling drum machine. Get a limited drum machine. Get one that's going to force you to work with its limitations. And mm. then get like an analog monosynth, like the Behringer uh, Model D, or a Neutron. The Neutron is a little thin, so that's kind of why I recommend the Model D because it's boom. I mean, it it can really just you know blow your socks off. The Neutron can have a lot of bass about it and everything, but it tends to be icing on top of a of a of a big thick fat bass cake. So like something like that though, you know, just any of the, either of those two things and those two things will kind of throw you out of the completely digital world that is a DAW and VSTs, mm -hmm. which is the whole reason why you want to get into hardware in the first place, I think. Right. Sure. But yeah, then, not here, here, per function. You don't, you don't want to get into something that also has menu divey things on it, but is hardware. Yes. And, and two things you want to be thinking about, actually three things. One is how do you control these with MIDI or CV, but you know how do you how do you sequence them and, and synchronize them? That's kind of a thing that you're going to have to start like kind of you know more money you're going to have to throw at the puzzle to get it to work. And the other thing is what do you do with the sounds? How do you mix the sounds back together? Uh, I've got like six mixers over here that I'm using right now. Not just one mixer, like. Mm. Well, I've got one big mixer and then several other mixers, kind of like, you know, smaller sub mixers that are like eight to 10 channels. Like I've got one that's a, like a 24 track. And uh -huh. so, yeah, more things. And then, then the third kind of ancillary thing would be outboard effects. 
because that's where the that's where it gets real fun. <laughs> the effects, yeah, definitely. Those are the best part, honestly. But uh, we've been going for about two hours, so if you if anybody has to leave, just let me know. I don't want to hold anybody the whole day or anything like that. But uh, we have been going for a couple hours, so uh, do you guys want to continue or do you guys want to kind of wrap it up? Or gonna... I want to hear the Rick and Morty drum set. Rick and Morty? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe later, but that is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, if you search "spirit monkey," it should be uh, one of the only things to come up. There is. Um, a version of that on uh, oh no it's not there there's a version on audius somewhere and uh, narrow this down a little bit okay yeah it's on Bandcamp too but that that's the most fun just taking uh, Justin's Justin Royland's voice like like we're on a first name basis uh using his like his ooies and uh mr poopy butthole and and all of this and then and then chopping it up and going ooh, right yeah it's it's a it's a bit of a mind melter um i li- i lied i actually do have uh a piece of quote-unquote gear that is never come out of the box and that is my talk box i bought i invested in a talk box like a bunch of years ago and i've never i've never busted the damn thing open but uh i I was just like oh oh yeah i need one of those um cool so i i I still haven't started playing around with that but that's going to be huge amounts of fun i'm sure that is that will be huge amounts of fun taking any audio out through it and then recording it back in Mm. you can get some really cool effects with that a lot of spit too, but really cool effects. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool, man. Well, yeah, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna link all those things in this video too. Uh, if you guys want to check out Studio Stargazer's uh, website, uh, his YouTube, uh, I also have the Discord. I'm gonna link that as well. It's also in the chat. So, guys, I, I encourage you to join his Discord and uh, we can uh, collaborate. Definitely. Mm. We should think of some cool ideas. Uh, if we all have some ideas we can toss together and maybe we can make something really cool. I think that'd be a really awesome idea. Uh, honestly, I think creativity is bringing all of us to this point to where we can come together and talk about it and have fun with it and to expand on it too. I mean, we have a lot of knowledge. I mean, through all this stuff, connecting up all this, uh, you know, mixers and uh, analog gear, all the way down to like DAWs and learning how to use, you know, things within a digital realm. I think that we've kind of got it all covered. So uh, we can uh, we can dream big, honestly, I think. You know, if we can uh, come together and find a place to do that, I think that's uh, absolutely fantastic. And, oh, for uh, sure. That's one thing I that I really admire that he has is a, a really cool website where people can put their uh, and you know ideas out there and he's got a lot of really cool ideas honestly I think so the music is fantastic by the way too I just it's it's awesome and uh, if you guys want to check it out studiostargazer.org and it the li- it's right there actually his name is right there you. Can, the only thing is, I wish you can click it, and then you could just go right there. But mm-hmm. it's 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 in the link. It's on the description of this video. So, mm-hmm. um, do you guys want to continue, or uh, do you guys have something to do? Because I don't want to hold anybody up. But uh, we have been going for about two and a half hours. What's that? I'm gonna get going. Yeah, yeah I, I need to as well. I've actually got some music that I'm finally getting around to uh, creating. I've been nice. taking a long, long break. I Same work's here. been yeah work's been killing my creativity. Yeah, but you know, making money is important. Oh yes, one hundred percent. So this summer, I'm I'm 
feeling creativity. I've definitely got to get back on the wagon. Yeah. Too. <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. And, and there will be literal wagons in, in dirt. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to use the slurpee sounds, by the way, I'm going to use your Dude, slurpee sounds in it. the saloon. Um, <laughs> and then something else, what I want to do is because drum designer is so it lets you just swap out, um, drum noises for you, any, any sound, file wave you take i wanted to use this part as the snare what i want to do is take a classic trancy uh beat and then swap it all out for like washboards and jugs and and crap to make it sound like yeah um to where it's a it's a literal techno beat and this is (laughs) this is for the uh the barn rave at the end i'm gonna make it a barn rave that's gonna uh, and the the big track that's going to be there is uh, boots and pants boots and pants and boots and pants and spurs <laughs> that is oh, going to be, be awesome. uh spurs 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 yeah that's that's <laughs> going to be probably the most fun uh music track on that one i'm gonna do some <laughs> stuff for the saloon too but the barn rave uh is uh, the bj the barn jockey the barn jockey <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna try to recreate as much of that energy uh, with just using classic trance electronica stuff, but then just swapping it all out for old timey, old timey stuff. It's all Western and, uh, trance. Played, yeah, yeah. I Wild dig West. It. I dig so, it. That's that so that's cool. the next big opportunity for people to get in and uh, help workshop that and go scene by scene and develop characters and and hide a bunch of Easter eggs because that's one of the most fun parts. Obviously, <laughs> it's like hiding little references uh, to other great uh, great stuff. And you know, the Western comedy is is one of those things that I've been really wanting to do for a while. But this one's like going to be way dark and kind of messed up on purpose to reflect what it was actually like to live here back in those days it's not going to be oh, a yeah. story by any means but it's going to have a good good solid amount of comedic relief tons of super fun sound design and i, I need good slurps, slurps? Uh, yeah i got right slurp for the uh for the for... <laughs> love it I need Love I need it. like a little soundboard so I can do that you know right on the dot mm. boom boom yeah I have never had that uh, and and I haven't even figured out a way to output my sound from Logic um, into something else like into something like this so that I could play and you guys can like hear stuff in real time I I don't know it's gonna have to go out and then back in probably somehow but then there's gonna be all kinds of weird latency crap so that's one of the things i would like to resolve someday soon it's 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 a a chore to do once once you figure it out if you have like a setup that that allows it it's oh my gosh it it, it took me a while to figure it out but yeah (laughs) i have a couple recommendations for that this is the highly contested or contentious or whatever yeah, Akai MPX8. Like you love it or you hate it. Uh, I think the reason why people don't like this is because they want to use this as, as a music production station, and that's not what it's for. It's just a simple sampler, and all mm. you do is you just got a little SD card. You put your mm. WAV files on here. It needs to be a certain format. I'm not sure. I think it plays. Yeah, they play, it plays stereo, but uh, it has to be the right you know sample rate and so forth which is pretty much just CD quality, but I think you can lower certain things to get more, you know, there's plenty of space because you've only got eight pads anyways. I mean, as, as many as you want to put on here, you've only got eight pads, but that's all you need. 
right? You just hit a pad yeah. and, it, and it plays whatever sample you want. That's cool. And yeah. these, you could buy these used for like 60 bucks. Ooh. You know, if you wait and shop around, um, brand new, I, they're a hundred yeah. bucks. I was going to get one just for, just because it has velocity sensitive pads for, for MIDI to the, to the drum machine that doesn't and, have velocity sensitive pads. You know, th that's, that's where these kind of get you in a little bit of trouble. I mean, th they're best when you just hit it with full velocity, mm. you know, because I mean, otherwise it, it kind of goes, it's almost like a square wave. There's not, okay. a, I mean, you know what I mean? Like you, it goes from like, wow, you, like, you I can't, can't even hear it at all. Curve really easily. Huh? And if, in fact, that's, that's a, a feature that I use it for to like to mute a sample when I have it. There's three different modes, like loop mode, trigger mode, and gate. And gate, you hold it down and let go. And trigger, it just like plays out till it's finished. But you can use it, like you can trick it out by hitting it and then hitting it really soft and it will kind of stop it. So like you know like you cool. can use uh, the cons of a device as a pro sometimes, but but uh, the second one is the yonder pocket operator. Uh, this is the KO thirty three, the knockout, and it's a sampling pocket operator. The problem with the Akai that I just showed you is it's not a sampler; it's just a sample playback machine. You can't actually mm -hmm. you cannot sample with it. This you can actually sample. It's got a built-in microphone, so you can just sample yeah. whatever you want to. It's really and it's amazing. It will also it, it has two modes. One is like a straight up like like a regular sample, but the other will take it and, and splice it into a drum set for you. So it'll take whatever sample and it will splice it across the, the sixteen pads as different moments. Mm -hmm. And there are. YouTube videos out there that are sample drum sets that you can record into it and have like an already have like a drum set ready to go. So right uh, real quick, you can only like play like for each drum set slot. You can only play they're they're monophonic, meaning you can't play mm -hmm. the hi hat over the snare and the bass drum. But you can copy the sample to another slot and then you can you know play the hi hat with that instead. Mm. Cool. So and oh, it's they're they're great. They're they're absolutely amazing. Uh, I, who's it? Uh, Ken Pierce. He he agrees. He uh, he he's he's actually the one who convinced me to get one. This was like I got the PO thirty five, and I said I'm either going to get the thirty five, or this one the thirty three. And because I got the thirty five, I said, well, I'm not going to get the thirty three. And he finally convinced me to get the thirty three because he, he said it is hands down the the best pocket operator on the market. If you, if you just get one pocket operator, get that one. Nice. Um, I kind of I use uh, uh, my looping pedal as a soundboard, but it, it's because it has five um, here. I'll just, my RC five hundred five because it has five five channels, uh, you know, like that that you can you can just press one and play it, you know, and it's uh, I have I have birds different birds from Yellowstone in here. That's a whole other option, Stargazer, right there, is just mm. getting one of those loopers and, those and, and you know, going yeah. hardware dollars that way. I've, uh, I've really wanted to get into uh, more live looping stuff. Um, it's just not something that I've ever got in, gotten into, but I do work uh, in loops. And the, my, my way that I, I just use a 4-4, and then I'll make a loop stack, uh, make a huge loop stack, 
and then go and then you know basically copy paste all the way out and then i call it mario blocks where i'm just like creating little little uh bridges and little canyons and so i'm, I'm using the same loops over and over again and then just kind of organizing them in a blocky kind of color-coded way um so it, loops are kind of my jam but i've never done like live uh live looping stuff which is something that i always enjoy seeing people do that you know like yeah, yeah, those cost, like street I've artists and stuff <laughs> those are like what about five hundred dollars mr basic yeah it was the first thing i ever got thinking that it could be my studio itself and i was wrong well, no, i, 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 I disagree right. i could have been it right still can be i could have been because it has you know you can put on one pad through up to three hours worth whoa if wow. you want if you don't if you don't record anything else on it uh, you know that's yeah <laughs> but uh so it can do a whole it can record a whole song but it's uh it's kind of weird it's quirky and, it's, it, uh, it is yeah. it is for, for live performance live performance mm, like sure. it, it's for me like like that kind of thing that's why i play in a band it's because when i play in a band i get that kind of uh that satisfaction of, of that kind of performance, that kind of creation, if you will, uh, because it, it's it's more. I mean, yeah, that that it, live looping in that sense is the far extreme of using a DAW to craft a song because you literally have to perform on on the yeah. money. And you get a I've couple under, tries. I've underused it, but I think it's just I I kind of d somehow decided that I I must not be I must not have the, like the looping workflow mentality uh and i'm definitely won't be doing the beatboxing and i don't i don't seem to get myself to like sample things in and a lot and and take samples of things from from real life and all that so i don't know for some people they just want to do these things already and they're just boom 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 i'm doing this i'm doing that and i just didn't get myself to do any of that on there so Check out um, if you ever look on Twitch. There's a streamer called the Graceful Bard, mm -hmm. and and she's she uses that the RC is the RC five hundred five right? She uses yeah, that. I used to I I listened to her on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, totally. She's and I'm pretty sure she does. And and there's someone else I know, uh, Tatsuo in the Keys. She also uses one. Yeah. Uh, and both of them do a lot of singing as well. So like if and and most of the people that who I see use that device and use it like to their advantage. They tend to be singers. Yeah. I mean, people mm -hmm. who use loopers just make me think yeah. that I'm not a looper person, but that's just because maybe I haven't gone that route. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a looper person myself. I mean, I've, I've tried it. And it's kind of neat and everything, but I, I prefer to use an actual sequencer. Mm. Sure. That's, I've never even scary. tried, but it is it is something that I might, I might be able to swing that. I do think I, in know, loops. Um, mm -hmm. I think you can you can get like a software version just to kind of maybe like experiment with to see if that's something that you would be into before you actually, you know, invested. Mm -hmm. But uh, I stutter, stutter. The good thing about hardware is that if you play it smart and you like buy something as a deal, uh, if you sell it, you're not really going to lose any money mm. if you're not in a hurry to sell it. And sometimes you can actually make money and you really can't do that with, with VSTs. Yep. Sure. Legally. Um, that MIDI, that MIDI keyboard you got, I'm going to sell that. I'm going to sell my launch pad that I don't use. I'm going to sell the, um, this compressor that was $400. I'm going to sell that. I'm going to sell this. 
um, mix or I mean this mixer that I have that's a rack mixer and just so I could probably get I went on reverb and added up like eight hundred and fifty dollars worth of stuff so I could probably get something out of all that <laughs> oh yeah yeah well you put all that up for sale and, and they will they will start selling one by one <laughs> reverb is, is active and another flip side of all this is like I paid a hundred dollars for this if I wanted to sell it on Reverb, I would probably try to sell it for 60 bucks because I know it would sell. If mm -hmm. I sold it for maybe 80, it would, but it might not sell for a couple months. It would take, you know, like the more you price it, the more people, you know, just kind of wait. And eventually, like, kind of, you have to wait for somebody actually has to do a search and they're actually on the market looking for something before they'll even consider yours at that point. But if you sell it like at 60, it's probably going to sell pretty quick. So I lost $40, right? If I paid 100. I have made so much music with this thing, though, that I would consider that just I rented it for $40. Sure. And I've got like, I don't know how many tracks that I've used this on. 20, 30, 40, 50. A lot. So that's just kind of how I look at the whole hardware game in terms of like the money that you spend on it. It's an investment. It's been kind of, I don't know, here's, it's getting kind of weird right now, right? With the chip shortage and everything. I haven't really seen anything crazy going on yet in terms of like prices fluctuating or anything i've definitely seen some things like uh there's one particular electro harmonics pedal i think it recently went discontinued so you start to see the price start to do this boom 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 it starts to go up and you're like oh should i buy one you know it's almost like a cryptocurrency at that point <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna yeah. say you're getting into the territory of, of what's going on in the world right now, financial right. wise. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I don't want to continue going right quick, but I do want to say this real quick before I go. This will be the last thing that, that I, I mentioned is with the, everybody's talking about the chip shortage right now, but has anybody really been talking about FPGAs, field programmable gate arrays? <laughs> no. You see, oh, if those chips, right, if those particular chips are – there's not a shortage of FPGAs, then now's the time to start replacing a lot of the – because that's what FPGAs can do is yeah. they can clone any other chip. They're easier to make. Now, like back when they first came out, they, they were very expensive and very hard to make, and people were just then learning how to program them. So, so now we've had a lot of time for people to learn how to program them and to share how to program them correctly with us. So they're a little bit easier to program now than they used to be as well. That's what this one uses. That's why it's the absolute best synthesizer ever made in history and ever will be. Because, <laughs> Which one that. is that? The Peak, the Novation the Peak. Peak. Oh, really? Man. I didn't know it was if, FPGA. If, okay. I, if I need another synthesizer, I will only ever get another Peak. There you go. Wow. It's, it's the one. I'll have to think well, about getting one then. Yeah. And if I if Damn. I want another three U one, I'm only ever going to get another system one. I, I like the thing. I like the decisions I made. I I think I made the right decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously, because I mean your studio looks great. I mean it is you know everything is uh, symmetrical and it's the sounds that you want. And I've heard some of the stuff that you've been doing. You've made some incredible sound design. Well, it's the function. Yeah, it's the function that mat matters too, and that's why it was so hard to find things that that look right. And if they didn't, I had to put silver knobs on them like this. Sure. This didn't have silver knobs on it. You know, it's like I, I have to, you know, I have to do that. But first comes what it is <laughs> underneath <laughs> it, underneath it. The fact that 
that these all ha are not perfunction, not perfunction, not perfunction. Everything's on the face, and it can save a patch. Cool. Nice. Well, I think uh, I think we've uh, been going almost like two and a half hours, so I think we might wrap it up here and uh, just uh, let everybody know that check us out online go to studiostargazer.org check out that stuff uh, i'm going to put links mm -hmm. to everybody in here on the video uh so if you want to check out their youtube channels check out their music uh they've got some cool stuff mr basic's got some nice analog music same thing with Hayes and studio stargazer with the studio stuff it's fantastic i encourage you all to check it out uh we were playing those songs earlier i can actually play that out while we're going to exit this show but it's been really fun, guys. I really enjoyed uh, talking to um, all of you. So it's really cool we can come back and have fun again. And uh, dude, honestly, like I said, this summer, it's a summer of cre creativity. Ugh, I can't speak. But yeah, definitely. We should sure, definitely. Sure, that sounds great. <laughs> Let's yeah, do it. Definitely. <laughs> Absolute blast. Yeah. I learned a lot. And uh, I look forward to listening to more of your guys' music. Uh, and and digging in there, I feel very fortunate to have been able to be here today and have so much of my work uh, spotlighted uh, that <laughs> nobody has ever done that before. Invited no, me on no, onto no. a show and played my music on the show, so that that was I was like, oh, of course you can. Well, I, <laughs> I awesome. hope everybody everybody can share the show if they want. You can put it on your social media if you want. To, if you want to make a podcast out of it, I'm going to make this into an audio podcast too. So to try to get as much exposure as possible. Uh, we'll post links everywhere, anywhere we can. So anybody's welcome to use it. So uh, our, our show is everybody's show if you guys want to use it. So just want to let you know. <laughs> I love you're it. Awesome. Mind, Mindwave has a similar model. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably, uh, if you're going to prepare an audio bounce of this for uh, the podcast, I'd love to have one for Mindwave as well so that we can sure. take yeah, some of my absolutely. Mindwave peeps and get them over uh, to you guys, that nice. cross-collaboration. That'd be awesome. Come on. Yeah, everyone, um, yeah, check out Audio Surgeon's podcast, you know, Life in Space as well, yeah. which we're on, right? You know, but yeah. still. Yeah. <laughs> From <laughs> everywhere still else. <laughs> yeah. If you're here, check I'm, it out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm barely around, but I'm it's still around. <laughs> but Upcoin, too. Maybe we'll do some advertising on there, too, as well. <laughs> mm. Yeah. If, it, if anyone's interested, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Audio surgeon, Mr. Basic, it was great seeing you again. Stargazer, yeah. it was a real pleasure meeting you. And I look forward to hopefully speaking with you all again. And Inverted Popes just showed up, by the way. He says hello. Wait. Yeah. Hey. hey, what's up? <laughs> and unfortunately, we're just ending. But thanks for having me again. Oh, no problem, man. Maybe we'll do another one some other time and then uh, we'll continue this. So it's been fun. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you on the next one. So thanks for joining, and we will be back another time. We'll see, hopefully. And uh, everybody, stay creative. That's what I'm talking about, being creative. So we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Right, Bye-bye. <laughs> <Bye. laughs> Let me see here. It is 